This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org and WCWP Sports. Why do I say welcome back? Well, I was not hosting the show last week. First off, guys, Kyle Russo did an awesome job filling in for me. He is not here tonight, but it's great to be back. I'm your host once again, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Earhart, and on the board, as always, Mike Dawes. Guys, welcome. Uh, first announcement, we are broadcasting tonight. We are going to broadcast for two and a half hours. If you followed us on social media here on Facebook, obviously we had a late start tonight due to the LIU Post men's and women's basketball games. So 9.30 to midnight. So a two-and-a-half-hour show, this will be the longest show in the history of Review and Preview. This show has been live for seven years. This is the longest we're ever going to go. So, reminder, follow us on Instagram, Review and Preview, Facebook, our podcast as well. You can tune in. Just type in Review and Preview on the podcast app on your phone, and you can listen to our link live on mywcwp.org. And WCWP Sports, want to talk about your questions? Call in number is 516 299 2030, take part in our live show. All right, guys, so let's waste no more time. Let's get right into things. Uh, we'll start young. We usually start young on the show. The college football playoff, the field has been announced. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but first, before we even get to that, um, the Heisman Trophy winner has been announced, and for the second year in a row, an Oklahoma Sooner has won the Heisman Trophy. Redshirt junior Kyler Murray wins this award after. It was won by Baker Mayfield last year. And back-to-back Sooners winning the Heisman Trophy. Kyle E., what are your thoughts on uh, Murray taking home this crown? I disagree with it completely. I think Tua's had had a much better season. Well, not much better, but a better season than him. And considering Tua doesn't really play in the fourth quarter, imagine if he did play the fourth quarter, how many yards he would have, how many touchdowns he would have. But, I mean, Kyle Murray, does he deserve it? Yeah, I guess. But I'm st- I team Tua, to be honest. Now, Tua came in second, and then third was Dwayne Haskins. There were only three nominees this year, all quarterbacks. Uh, Mike Dawes, your big Buckeye guy. What are your thoughts on Haskin, uh, on Haskins well, finishing I mean, third? Well, the best players don't always win the Heisman. So Ooh. I think, you know, if we're saying who's going to be the best NFL player, I think it's easily Dwayne Haskins. But, yeah, no, he did definitely uh, – I thought Kyle Murray definitely deserved it. Cause now, just because all the rushing yards and everything. Yeah, right. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, another quarterback who's played well this year is Will Greer, James, and this question goes to you because mm-hmm. you're not a big fan of West Virginia. But um, w- Will Greer is sitting out of his bowl game uh, against Syracuse. What are your thoughts on West Virginia playing without Will Greer? Uh, I think it would probably definitely hurt them in ways um, because he, he's been pretty well. He's been pretty good for that team. Um, I actually didn't know he's sitting out for that game. Um, is he injured at all, or just no? It's for NFL. NFL, yeah. Uh, see, see, I, I, when you say that, I, I really feel like you're putting your team right now at a disadvantage to going up and potentially right. winning at this, this game, moment yeah. at this game. Um, so I mean, if he's trying to get healthy for the NFL. Um, I understand, but at the same time, I, 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 I personally would rather play 
finish out your career on a strong fin- note. Yeah. yeah. Even though, you, it's say, if you throw three interceptions, but whatever, you, you finish out your college career and be like, listen, whatever. I'm going to the NHL draft. Yeah. And I, NFL draft. I agree. Um, I think he should play in this game, but you know I understand why he's doing it. Uh, the Camping World Bowl is where he'll sit out, and the most likely candidate to start seems like Jack Allison, a sophomore for the Mountaineers, and you know he's the only other quarterback to throw a pass this season. He was six for ten, so at the moment he appears to get the starting job in 2019, as reports here on NCAAFootball.com through CBS Sports, and uh, this may be an audition for him to get this job next year. So, uh, you know, getting him a start in this bowl game could potentially help him prepare for the upcoming uh, 2019 season. Still far away, but, um, yeah. So that should be interesting in that other bowl game. Uh, Ohio State and Washington. Now, this should be a fun game. Uh, You know, there's a lot of arguments here that the Buckeyes were wrongly left out of the college football playoff by Buckeyes fans. Nobody else, really. But I see see exactly why they were left out. Mike, thoughts? All right. I mean, for getting into this again, yeah, they shouldn't have been left out. They won, you know, the most prestigious conference. How about that take? Crickets, okay. But this game, they will destroy Washington. The spread is six. They will win by 30. It's Urban Meyer's last game. This is, it's going to be, it's going to be embarrassing. As my new friend Brady Rogers would say, I don't disagree. There you go. Um, Now, my pitch to you is this. You can't lose yeah, no, to no, no. an unranked opponent by double-digit points and be ranked over Oklahoma, you know? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, Georgia with two losses, yes, I can see the Buckeyes potentially by that re- resume being above Georgia, but I still think a two-loss of Georgia is still easily, if we're talking top four teams in the nation, you know? I mean, the, the top four teams in the nation – are, in my opinion, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't agree, but... Oh, of course if, you don't agree, because you're, you're Irish hater. If we're talking best four teams, the, Notre Dame doesn't have top four talent, in my opinion. Are you kidding me? Ohio State has Mike. the better recruits. Ohio State has Mike. the better quarterback, the better defense. Ian Book was on the cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> of course you don't care. <laughs> of course you don't care. Um... Which was actually my next thing here. Oh, there um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the other game, Florida and Michigan, another team that was left out. Michigan, who Ohio State demolished, demolished. Uh, and lost to Notre Dame, and lost to Notre Dame as well in Week One. Yeah, but by seven, I think Ohio State with you know Notre Dame beat them with you know a backup quarterback and Brandon Wimbush. So now a backup quarterback. So you can pick on those cherries, Mike. I will because <laughs> you guys barely beat Michigan and we're putting, you know, smackings to the 14. Right, but we're talking week 1 to what? Week oh. 12, week 13. Come on. Come on. Teams change. Teams do change, but yeah, Michigan got back better. to this game here against okay. the against against the Gators. Um, you know, I, this should be a good competitive game. Yeah, it Is be. this the last game for Jim Harbaugh on this level? It could Debatable. Be. It is very debatable. I mean, when you can't Let's beat Ohio now. State, you're going to get fired. That's just what happens. If you can't beat Ohio State, you're going to get fired. Yes, if I you, mean in college. If you can't so, beat Ohio, how many how many coaches how, how many coaches have not beaten Ohio State this season? So all those coaches should get fired. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, I took you rivals. to a literal standpoint. If, yeah, yeah, if you don't I beat your do rivals that. in college, you just it doesn't work. And he has not done that. He always was in Michigan State. Yep, loses to Ohio State. He has yet to beat Ohio State. 
He was so, mainly hired there to beat Ohio State and yeah. Michigan State, and guess what? Yeah. Hasn't beat hasn't, any of them. Hasn't yeah. done it. So, so understandable. So if he gets fired, where does he go? Back to the NFL? Canada League? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, he he could definitely get a college job anywhere. Absolutely. He, he's yeah. a good coach. He I, just, I don't think he'll get fired. Like they, eh. they pay him a lot and demoted within no, the organization. No, no, no never, never. Not. He no. makes so much money. Yeah. No. Um. So, Kylie. Um. Now you know you're a big Notre Dame fan. And what are your thoughts on Ian Book this season? Is he a sophomore? or Is he a junior? I think he's a sophomore, right? I believe he's a sophomore. I want to say he might be a redshirt sophomore or something along those lines. But, I mean, he basically lifted this Notre Dame team into his arms, regardless of if you think they should make the college football playoff or not. All is said and done, they did, and they're the three seed. I mean, well-deserved because they didn't lose all season, and they did play against five ranked teams this year. And you know, Wow, five. Well, look, when you're in an independent school, they beat Northwestern. Wow. They beat... The number 12 team, Syracuse, demolished them 36-3 to in a neutral wow. site location in the Bronx. They beat Michigan week one. Wow. Notre Dame does not blow people out. They win close games. That's how they play. And remember, Wimbush better. started the first two games. He did start. He did. That's just a fact. But, <laughs> just facts Kyle E., right. your, your thoughts on Ian Book and this upcoming matchup against Clemson and, you know, this overall season? I mean... Perfect season. I know Ian Books. Uh, lately, he's been a little bit, you know, against SC. He wasn't very good. He was always okay against SC. Uh, Heisman by heart. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I think this matchup with Clemson, I think out of all four teams, oh, I mean, I, it might be Alabama's winning it at all, but I think Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame could match up well against Clemson. Can they beat them? I want to say no, but I think they match up better against Clemson than they do Oklahoma and they do. Uh, Alabama. Obviously. I agree. Book is a junior, by the way. And what's crazy about Ian Book is he's only six foot, two o three. You know, for a quarterback, that, that's pretty small for a quarterback. Uh, he took over as the starting quarterback against Wake Forest. Guys, he finished the regular season with nineteen touchdown passes, and he had also had four touchdowns on the ground. So you know, and he ranked sixth nationally in completion percentage and eighth in pass efficiency. I mean, what does that tell you for a first year starter? You know, he was named to the Dave O'Brien. Uh, Grade eight list after his performance against Wake Forest, and you know last year as a sophomore he did play in ten games primarily as the backup. The year before he was uh, redshirted, but this guy he actually wasn't redshirted his freshman year. But basically, when you go from the fourth string quarterback to being a starter two two years later on a stage like this, you know you want to talk about young quarterbacks. You have Tua who's just a sophomore. Trevor Lawrence is a freshman, right? Lawrence yes. for yeah, Clemson, so. and then Kyler yes. Murray's a redshirt junior. If you look at it, Book and Murray are the two veterans here, if you think about it. Yes, Tua was in the playoff last year. You know, he's more experienced over Book in this stage, but you look at these quarterbacks, and quarterback-wise, Clemson may be the worst off at the quarterback position strictly due to experience. And that's why I don't think you can count Notre Dame out of this game. And you like you, you, you like you like you you like to make fun of me about this. <laughs> yeah. Seniors, four year yes. players, five year players. McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson were both redshirt seniors last year. If you didn't know, fun fact. No, I can't say I knew that. <laughs> so. Well, they are our age, Mike. Good for them, talent. <laughs> but uh, what are we going to do? Notre Dame, they don't have a shot in this game. Dawes. They, Come on. It's Dabo Smith. Come on. 
I, I don't know. It's also Brian Kelly. Oh, he is he is not that great of a coach. Excuse you. Excuse you? Into the X and O's. Brian Kelly is not that great of a coach? That is correct. Brian Kelly is 60-33 and 33 as the head coach of well, Notre Dame football. Yeah, I would hope so. Since coming over in 2010. You know, Brian Kelly actually started his coaching career on the, on the Division II level. He was a starting linebacker for Assumption College when, you know, he went to school. Probably a good guy. Yeah, and look, yeah. he had success in Cincinnati. He had success at Central Michigan. Just saying, don't count him out. Did we make official picks for this game last week? I don't remember if we Ooh, did. Don't remember. I think we're going to hold off on that a little bit because they're so. they're yeah. not they're not for a while. Yeah, we got a couple but weeks. The other game, let's talk about it. Bama, Oklahoma. Good game. I, I, I don't, don't think so. I don't know. I don't think I don't so. I think both these games would be terrible blowouts. My problem is this: uh, last year, didn't Alabama play Oklahoma last year? Yes. In the first round. Yes. With Baker. Yeah, with and, Baker and, and yeah. Bama just like. Ran, ran ran through them yeah. per, pretty much, you know. I mean, to me, I don't care. You got a Heisman Trophy winner or not? This is Alabama we're talking about. They're the untouchable team this season, you know. I mean, look, I, I remember they lost the national championship to Clemson a couple of years ago when the walk-on scored that touchdown, and guys are doing Irish car bombs in the bar <laughs> because this doesn't happen. They Alabama doesn't lose. They don't lose. I know they lost the game last year, but. I don't see them losing this year. But you don't. I think, really don't. You don't think Oklahoma is going to remember what happened last year and come in with a different mentality? right? But you know, you're looking at a new starting quarterback. You know, it was it was about Baker last year and all these guys. Now, my problem is you look at this Oklahoma team and how can they beat Alabama in the college football playoff semifinal? You know, Alabama's a juggernaut, guys. Nick they, Saban's just the best coach in college. Oklahoma has to score more than 50, rush for 200 yards, and blitz throughout the whole game on defense and hold Alabama to field goals and not turn the ball over. That's how you got to beat them, and that's not going to happen. Well, the good thing last week, uh, I guess when you saw Georgia play Alabama, that, there, that there's tape that Georgia almost beat Alabama. Maybe there's tape out there that, you know, Oklahoma's like, oh, maybe we can exploit that because Alabama was tested against Georgia. Right. They showed, showed their weakness. I don't know. I mean, Alabama's still going to win this game either way. But, right. but uh, I mean, out of these two games, and Mike, yeah, please don't be biased here. Out of these two games, the Bama game is more predictable than the Clemson Notre Dame game. He's going to say no. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. So you're telling me Clemson's more guaranteed to win than Alabama, basically. Well, That's I think, basically what you're I think saying. Oklahoma's better than Notre Dame, if that helps this argument, which it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So doesn't. Like, I gave no please, help please answer the question then. <laughs> I mean, I would guess I would say Clemson, but what is it? Like, like a 13-point game compared to Alabama's like 20-point win? It's, you know. So, guys, we will, on. <laughs> we, we will make predictions for those games uh, next week, live on Review and Preview. So... That should be fun to watch. And also, a fun fact here about the Heisman. You know, obviously it was all quarterbacks this year, but Oklahoma, out of the last ten Heismans, they have three of them, obviously all at the quarterback position. Don't forget about Sam Bradford in 2008, who has, you know, been on the shelf throughout most of his NFL career, but he's still in the NFL. I mean, he's still a quarterback in the NFL, but at the time, Bradford was great. 
He was a phenomenal college football quarterback. He's won the Heisman, Oklahoma back-to-back. No pun pun intended there. Um, But, you know, they're in, which leaves Georgia out, which leaves Ohio State out, which also leaves UCF out. Deserved. So my last comment here on this segment is what does the committee have to do? Will this playoff ever get bigger? I know there's been talk about it, but do you really want to award the eighth best team to possibly win the national championship? Yes. No. Yes. I think it would be a horrendous idea because these terrible teams like UCF, like all so if it goes to eight teams, Ohio State would have to never schedule anyone good, and they'll be in every single year. Mike, can we just I, – I, I hate to compare this to the NFL for a minute, but if we're giving the 12th best team a shot to win the Super Bowl, you know, you get the point what I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to make there? I just don't agree. I think it's, I'm, I think I'm not, it's great at 14. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, if anything, I would say six, and then seeds one and two get a bye. But eight, I, I don't like eight. So you're talking like two Big 12 teams and those... Six. What do we think of six? I don't mind six. Because if you throw Georgia... If there were six teams, it would be Georgia and Ohio State. That, that's Easy. not why. I just, I've always said six. Oh, oh, sure. No. No, I've always, <laughs> it's just a fact. I've, this I've is a betting man a here. Six guy. Yeah. Speaking of UCF's bowl game, they'll be playing on New Year's Eve against LSU in the Fiesta Bowl, which should be a phenomenal game. It's the eight versus the 11 LSU, obviously. Three losses this season. But... I think UCF's going to beat LSU. I hope so. I'm interested to see what happens, for sure. Uh, You know, you're comparing. (sighs) They have the longest winning streak in college football. They haven't lost in, what, two years? They have, you know, the the Knights, they're not going to have their star quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, though, which scares me. And they do have a first-year head coach in Josh Hoople, but... Would UCF claim another national championship victory? 100%. With a, a victory oh, 100%. over LSU? 100%. Oh, man. I'm sorry, but at, at oh, man, I'm never going to forget that Gatorade bath that happens before yeah, the game's even over. I forget. Wasn't that game against Texas or somebody? Texas A&M, yeah. yeah. A&M. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. Um, guys, if you're just tuning in on Facebook Live, this is a review and preview here on mywcwp.org and joining us here on our link through my WCWP. Uh, I'm Tom Segretti here, the host. Now, we are broadcasting tonight up until midnight, so we are currently 20 minutes through, which means we are going to segue into our next segment. Um, hey, Darnold? Jets are back. Oh, the Jets. Sorry. Jets are back. Sorry. Uh, the New York Jets, you know, not like those jet airplanes. The actual football team is back. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Big win. Do that. Big win. Uh, they won their fourth game of the year. They 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 won their fourth game of the year. I I really like Darnold in the future. Darnold's yeah. going to be a great football player. You know, the Darnold effect is there. You saw it when he came back. That pass to Robbie Anderson that set up the McGuire touchdown, which we'll talk about McGuire in a little bit because I, I think he may potentially be their next back. With you know Crowell is on IR. You know these last three games, you get to see what he has. You get to see what he has, and, you know, I like it. Uh, first off, Dawes, the Hey Darnold effect. Yeah, I mean, when, when he went down and McCown came in, I thought, oh, no, this is going to be bad. But And then they were terrible with McCown, terrible. Yeah. And then he, uh, Sam comes back, and it's like a spark of energy. 
Yeah. Which is great because this team is awful. I'm sorry, but you can't get swept by the Bills. In a yeah, no, you definitely you can't. can't get swept by the Bills. Final score of this game, the Jets win 27-23. to uh, They outscore the Bills 14-3 to in the fourth quarter on the road. Um, Darnold in this game, 16-24, to 170 yards, touchdown, and interception. And Eli McGuire, who we just talked about, 17-60 on the ground with one touchdown. He also was tied for the most, tied for the second most in catches with three. Kyle E. Um, now, Darnold actually got hurt in this game. Can you take us through that moment for a second where he went down and what was going through your mind? I thought Todd Bowles was pulling him the rest of the game. The moment he went back to the locker room, he was probably like, all right, let's just sit Darnold the rest of the game, play McCowan out this game, doesn't mean anything anyway. So I, I honestly thought he wasn't going to come back. But I guess that Darnold, Darnold came back and just he just played played insane. The, the team just played totally differently when McCown was in. They played so bad. And then when Darnold came back in, it was like, like, like Dawes said, it was just like an electric spark. It just played better. Do you think going from the blonde-haired quarterback to the red-haired quarterback? You know, I, I mean, you know. Oh, the fire? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the fire and Sam, and Sam Darnold. Um, you know, the third overall pick in this year's draft is back. Um but, you know, looking at this game, we got to talk about the Bills. They didn't play bad, especially in that first half. Um, you know, I, I will say this. Josh Allen, the Bills have something in Josh Allen. They do. He was yeah. very irresponsible on Sunday, but, you know, he's a rookie. He'll clean that up. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know about Josh Allen is his running ability. I mean, he had a QB sneak that almost went for a touchdown. Avery Williamson yeah. grabbed his ankle. That would have been like a... 60-yard QB sneak touchdown. Speaking of uh, Josh Allen on the ground, let's talk about him for a hot second. Do you know Josh Allen has the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a three-game span in the Super Bowl era? Through the last three games, Josh Allen has 335 rushing yards. Wow. This guy is about 6'5", 6'6", guys. And do you know that the record for that was Michael Vick with 294 yards? Josh Allen didn't just beat his record, but he torched it. Who would have thought we're, Josh we're, Allen's breaking Michael Vick? Yeah, right. we're, we're talking over 40 yards here. That's incredible. Now, we're not saying Josh Allen is the next Michael Vick because he's clearly not. But um, promise in Buffalo. You know, you're looking at you're looking at it right now. In a like in maybe five years from now, do we think the Bills? You know, after Brady and Belichick are gone, when, when, oh, whenever, whenever that is. Do you think that with these two young, because, you know, Tannehill, you don't know Miami's quarterback situation ever. They're not a bad team, but they're not a great one. Uh, the Bills and the Jets, can this be, again, I don't think the Bills have enough pieces around Allen. I don't think the Jets have enough pieces around Darnold. But once they each of those teams get enough pieces, can these be the two top teams in the division for quite some time? Yeah, I mean, if the quarterbacks live up to the hype, you know, that's what this league's about. Mm-hmm. So I was I was very excited to see the Allen versus Darnold for the first time, yeah. and it was it was a really really good game. So yeah, I would agree if these quarterbacks could be good, then we got some AFC East. It's great <laughs> to see two of the rookies picked in this year's draft go after each other. Now James, mm-hmm. um, the Giants, a team who bypassed on Sam Darnold in the draft, who fell into the Jets' lap at number three. Do you think Darnold is the best quarterback out of this draft class so far, or do you think somebody else has an edge as of right now? See, they're all at different levels, I right. feel like, within their stage. Um, Fair enough. So, and considering Darnold got hurt, um, the uh, 
Browns quarterback came in midseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Jackson came in for Flacco. Um, I believe I'm missing one or two more. Um, Rosen. Josh Rose, Rosen. Josh Rosen. I mean, Trash. He's yeah, so you look at he's, I think he's been the worst. I think we could all yeah. agree on that. So he's not even talkable. Attitude issues. Um, so honestly, no I feel issue. like the the Jets probably got the better quarterback at the moment um, just because we've seen more. I mean, we're also based in New York, so we get more. We see him a lot more. Um, but from starting the season and when he had this injury and now coming out Sunday and then coming back in to spark his team for a win. Oh, of course. Even if, even if it's against the Bills, um, you look at it, he, they, they get a few pieces this offseason. You know, he could be a great quarterback next season. Guys, by far, Darnold has the most pressure on his shoulders out of any of these rookie quarterbacks because yeah. you're playing in New York. New York. You're in the limelight. You. You're in the limelight. Right. And, you know, you got to have confidence in this guy. And, and speaking of which, you got to have confidence in your team. And last week, guys, Dawes, you picked the Bills to win 21-10. to 10. Yeah. They were favorites. I'm pretty sure I picked the Jets to win. Yes, yeah. you yes, picked the Jets to win 20-10. to 10. Oh, wow. Kyle Russo picked Buffalo 27-10. to 10. We James. Kyle Russo. <laughs> Shout out Kyle Russo. We love you here on the show. Uh, James, you picked the Jets to win 17-10. to 10. Um, Look, they won a football game. Something they have not done since, what, week five, week six? Against since the they Colts. beat the Colts? Yeah, yeah they were the on game, game that I was at. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I was starting to think that I was a curse there for a minute. I'm like, the Jets are only going to win when I go to – and I'm not, I, I'm not going to another Jets t- game anytime soon. No <laughs> offense, but um, look – Bravo. And they might have found their running back of the future, too. Yeah, let's see. Let, let, let's not get crazy about this win, but... I couldn't be less crazy right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, a win's a win at the end of the day, and it's yeah. against a rival. Yeah. You know, and, and both two young start, two young quarterbacks. You really have to look forward to next season if you're the Jets and Bills fans. Well, the problem is the Bills couldn't run the ball. Their leading rusher was Josh Allen, 101 yards. Nine carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown, which, you know, it kind of made up for his lackluster game through the air. No touchdowns, two picks. Two bad picks. Yeah, bad pick to Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson. Bad picks. There was that one he was running out of bounds and just... He just chucked it up to Tremaine it. Johnson. It, yeah, it caught yeah. Allen and, may have to decide either if he wants to be a running quarterback or a station quarterback. I don't think so. Yeah, no. Just just he, don't throw ducks. That's it. Yeah. He's not Lamar Jackson. The thing is, like, Lamar Jackson can get away with it because he has more speed than Allen. But, like, I, Allen, like, these running quarterbacks, they're going to get, it, like, not, like, killed, but, like, yeah. these linebackers are, like, like foaming at the mouth thing, of these running backs. Yeah, good thing Josh Allen's, like, basically a linebacker size. Yeah. yeah. And I like the way he runs because he picks his spot. He doesn't have, like, design run plays too often like Lamar Jackson does. A design run. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, I will say this as well. Um, you know, when you're talking about this game, you got to talk about the Jets' defense and what they've done. Uh, you know, a good secondary in Jamal Adams and Tremaine Johnson that has underperformed at times this year. Not Adams, but more Johnson and the cornerbacks that they have. Uh, Jamal Adams has been probably the only bright spot of this entire Jets team. I think he's been the second best player on the Jets the whole team this year besides the kicker Myers. I was going to say, who's the best? Yeah, Jason Myers. Myers. Jason Myers. Yeah, but he, he's, Leonard Williams has had a down year. Yeah. See, the problem it's is because they're double teaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. have nobody else on that line. Exactly. That's true. But a lot of good, like, the elite defensive players, 
would overcome that. Yeah. To yeah. be fair. No, yeah, no, for but sure. But it's definitely he's much not harder. Having a, he's not having a great up. year. And also, you know who else? Second best player in the Jets, Andre Roberts. I mean, oh, yeah. His yeah. Jets special teams is insane. It's just too bad they, they stink everywhere else. Who? Kick returner. He's a kick returner. He oh. averages, like, I know who yeah, he is. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he, he should be. Sorry. He should be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he'll be all pro for sure. I would imagine Jason Myers, too. I mean, and Jamal Adams. Well, you know, yeah. you're talking Jets football when you're talking about a special teamer going to the Pro Bowl and being the second <laughs> best player teams. on your team. Yeah, two. Oh, two. The punter um, stinks. I need a new punter. <laughs> yeah. Edwards or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, you guys don't even know your punter's name. Uh, Lock James, Edwards. you have something to say? Yeah. How did Robbie Anderson catch a pass? Oh, he's, he's so bad. <laughs> I mean, I, don't know. I drafted him in fantasy, oh, and I'm like, he's so bad. He's well, we know there's good, salt there. The, the thing is, like, the Eagles wanted a fourth-round pick for Robbie Anderson. I don't know why the Jets didn't jump all over that. Well, because Mike McCagney can't draft, so <laughs> it's just throwing the pick away. So a fourth-round fourth pick for Robbie Anderson? That's a steal for the Jets. Mike McCagney can't draft. I love it. <laughs> he can't. I mean, it's bad. Yeah, I but need, I want him to go Robbie so Anderson can't catch. So, oh, he's terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> made nice catch. Does, does Bowles go before... McCagnan, or what is, yes. The, yes. what is the deal? Yeah. Bowles, Bowles is, is gone sure on Monday after week 17. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand how you let Bowles finish the year and you don't let McCarthy finish the year. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's weird. Well, the this, but the we'll get into McCarthy later. Yeah. But, um, look, this week against Houston, to just preview that for a minute, um, obviously no Quincy Inunua. He is out. That hurts. Isaiah Crowell is on IR, so you know your two best weapons, essentially yep. skills players, offensively are gone. But Chris Herndon has been a nice. He's been good. Uh, you know, flourish this season. I think he's been pretty solid. You know, when he's your best player on the offense as a rookie, that's a problem. But Darnold, Darnold likes throwing him. Yeah. So it's good to keep that get that chemistry going. Well, you know, the the rookies do have chemistry. You know, you're coming in together, and you know you know a lot about each other. And Herndon and Darnold, that may be something to watch. Uh, you know, a couple of years down the line, that that can blossom into something spe- special for this Jets team. But they're playing the Texans this weekend. Are they home, the Jets? Yes. yes. They yes. are. Up in MetLife. Um, Saturday afternoon. Saturday, Saturday afternoon, 4.30 start time. The Texans are seven-point favorites. Now, my thing is this, and my question to you Jet fans here, the ingredients Sam Darnold needs to play like Deshaun Watson, what are they? To play on his level at this young of an age is what I'm saying. Because um, Watson has been line. lights out this year. Well, having star players? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> having actually people he can throw to? Right, but the, the point is here, can, can Darnold do enough to keep the Jets close on Saturday? Yes. I think so. Yes. I think the defense will have more to say about keeping it close. Well, I don't Darnold. think Houston blows you away offensively at all besides Deshaun Watson. I mean, and DeAndre Hopkins, of course. But yeah. uh, I mean, Demarius Thomas is good, too. Yeah. Um, but they acquired a midseason, so... Um, you know, he's still learning the offense. Um, Lamar Miller, what's his situation? Is he still hurt, or what's going on there? I thought he played last week. Yeah, Did I he thought he played week? last week, too, but I know he's been, like, banged up. Uh, I mean, nonetheless, they still have Jadavion Clown on the defensive side of the ball. They have J.J. Uh, Watt, the Jets offensive. We all know the Jets offensive line sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. Terrible. So, I mean, Darnold's got to run for his life again yeah. all, all day. I mean... If they could block for him, I, I think the, the, their secondary doesn't scare me. You know what threw me off there, guys? He was having a really bad first half of the season, but now he's playing a lot better. That's 200-yard games in a row for Lamar Miller. So he's been awfully quiet for a guy who started his career off in Miami, and you know now he's finally coming into his own this season here in Houston. 
uh, which is good to see. But look, the Jets may keep it close, but they're they're not going to win this game. I don't know. They're about gonna that. they're gonna find a way to disappoint. They always do. I mean, they're not supposed they to win this do. game though. So, which means they might. Which I mean, they might. The NFL is crazy. I so. just I J J J Watt, Clowney. They're gonna. But that's it. Right, but that's all you need sometimes yeah. against a terrible offensive line. Yeah. When Crowell is out, you're gonna have trouble establishing the. I think the it's better run. if Crowell's out. I mean, Elijah yeah, McGuire is better than Crowell. Right, but what is this? His first NFL At, career NFL start? Or second? Second? Um, I don't know. I, I would say start. Yeah, probably his first. <sighs> this is and, tough. and then you have Cannon in the backfield. Oh. Cannon, he's all right. Yeah, but I could very well see the Jets being one dimensional offensively in this of game. Of course. But but isn't that what you want as a Jets fan to see Darnold throwing the ball a lot? And on his isn't back that what you the want? whole game? Well, not, who who says he's gonna be on his back the whole game? But forty yeah, percent. Do, don't yeah. don't you want to see Darnold throw like 40, 50 times a game to see yeah, what he's I got? Like to see that. Yeah, that, I mean it's not a bad thing. If you but think that about means it. you're gonna be playing from behind most of the game as well. Oh, but you don't know that. You don't know that yet. If you're ahead, he's not going to throw the ball no. 40, 50 times a game. Well, the, Todd Bowles, the classic, you know, run on first down, get a yard, run on second down, get a yard, and then incomplete on third. That's the Jets' <laughs> offense. So hopefully they do something different because I would yeah, love okay. to see Tarnold throw like 30 times he's, a game. He's actually really good on the run. If you watch him throw on yeah. the run. How he, about that touchdown to Robbie Anderson? Exactly. On the run. He, he was on the run. out of nowhere. Yep. So you um, may, go ahead, James. You may get a big sa- bigger sample size on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. As no what Donald is made of, like with throwing. If he's throwing 30 to 40 times, you may see what his arm is made of, what he's made of. Um, you may see more of that than uh, yes, I'm up. what we've seen. Sorry to cut you off there, Tom. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, so on that note, let's pick this game. Uh, Texans, 24-13. Um, let me just write that down here before uh, I get to you guys here in the studio. Dawes, you're up. I like that 24. I will take the Texans 24-20. All right. Close. James Montefusco. Uh, I'm going to go with Jets 21-17. So the under. Kyle Earhart. Jets 13-10. Oh. And under. I think the Jets defense will have a good day. I like it. New Jack City. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that lasted long. <laughs> they need a whole new team, man. Like, <laughs> They need a new coach. They need a new general manager. You keep Williamson. You, you keep Adams. You keep Williams. You keep Marcus Darnold. May. McGuire. Tremaine May. Johnson, yeah, right. Darryl Roberts. Get rid of Claybor- a, Claiborne. Claiborne's yes. got to go. Oh. <laughs> They're bad. Oh, of course. They're 4-9 for a reason. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> on a lighter note, we're going to talk some New York football giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks, here on MyWCWP.org. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco, and Mike Dawes. Guys, so we just spoke about college football and the Jets. Let's get to the New York football giants now. You know, going into this week, a lot of people were saying, um, you know, they're coming off against the Bears. Um, 
They should definitely beat the Redskins, but no Odell and no Collins. A lot of people had doubts about this game. Well, those people who had doubts could not have been more wrong. Um, I knew the Giants were going to win this game, and look, the Reds. And here's why: the Redskins had to play a near perfect game to just have a chance. Right. And from the get go, the Giants took the ball down their throat, and they won this game. Uh, you know, it was a great game for Barkley. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram made some good catches. Eli looked sharp for the most part. Um, Altrick Rosas finally missed uh, an extra point, which, I mean, that's pretty embarrassing to say because kickers miss extra points a lot more than what they used to. So this is something that um, the Giants came into this game and their backs were against the wall. They had to win to just keep their slim playoff chances alive. Um, and, you know, Dallas beating Philly, it, it, it was it was rough. But, James, we saw a lot of good in this game. This was a blowout win. The Giants scored the most points in the league this week. Uh, you know, for an offense that couldn't put up points for almost two years, they're finally scoring points. Pat Shermer's offense is coming into life. And Eli is showing people that he can still do it, and he is not, in fact, the problem on this Giants team. And Eli is trying to play for his job next year. You know, he's on the contract for one more year. If he's playing well, if they win out, why not? You know, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Fix because it. who is a better option right now? You're going to tell me 0 for 5 and one interception is going to replace Eli next year? <laughs> not so, is that know. a shot at Kyle Oletta? Yes. At Kyle Russo, someone? Um, <laughs> look, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but Weehawken is not a great town it, it's not lucky if you're a Giants quarterback but um look guys back to this game here Barkley was phenomenal the offensive line made holes for him and Bar- Barkley was coaching his O-line on the sideline before he scored that 78 yard touchdown that 78 yard rushing touchdown he's like he was talking to Jamon Brown and Chad Wheeler he's like if you guys push to the right I can cut back to the left and swarm up the field and score and that's exactly what he did if you guys want to watch that video on YouTube he's coaching his O-lineman on the sideline and he scores on that following drive on the exact play that he said he would score score on. And, you know, wearing Barkley's jersey tonight, guys, there is no question the Giants did the right thing by taking Saquon Barkley. There, there, there is no question. Um, this guy, hands down, is going to win Rookie of the Year. At worst, Offensive Rookie of the Year. But, look, he, he is something else. He is something special. Single-handedly, like... The, the stuff that he's doing, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Guys, he leads the team in catches. He has more catches than Odell Beckham Jr. Granted, o- Odell missed the game last week, but um, Barkley has 79 catches. That's most among running backs in the NFL. Um, you know, And I was saying this before the show. If God had to create the ideal, perfect running back, Barkley may be the closest thing to it. Yeah. He he really might. He can catch the ball. He's athletic. He can run. He he doesn't turn it over. He hasn't fumbled. He doesn't drop passes. Do you see the catches he makes along the sideline? He's great. But he's is, great. Is he the best running back in the league? Is what you're saying then? He's he's 21 years old. But I mean, if I if, if you had to um, ask me that question right now, I would say yes. Ooh. I would say no. So would I. I would say but no too. If, if I had to start a team right now, at the pick any running back, it's Saquon Barkley. Uh, but Ezekiel uh, Elliott for me. Well, no. I mean, you know, for obviously no. me too. But 
I mean, the best running back in football, I would say, even with that putrid game last week, is Todd Gurley. But then, you know, we could say Saquon three or four, you know. Three or four? Four. Four. Behind Le'Veon, too. Ooh. A guy who has not played one snap this season. Love it. Um, Look. Look at his stats. Eric Dickerson is openly rooting for Barkley to fall short of his rookie records. That's when you know you have something special. Yeah. And he's going to break those records, and, yeah, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. Saquon Barkley is the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Wow. He's a special running back for sure. No, but he really is. Um, If we look at the stats here quick, um, you know, Validating him as rookie of the year, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much a given at this oh, point. In the back. I think yeah. Philip Lindsay is probably second on that list, but um, look, coming out of Penn State, kids from the Bronx, you know, he, he was born to be a giant. Um, and, you know, you're looking at these stats here. He has over 1,100 rushing yards already. He averages about five to six catches a game for a rookie at this position. And he, he's carrying an offense right now, and he's running behind an offensive line that at best has been okay this year. It's been okay, and that's a, an upgrade from earlier this season. Um, you know, you, two, two of your current starters were claimed off waivers after the 53-man roster was declared. Your starting center and your starting right guard were claimed off of waivers. Your starting right tackle was an undrafted rookie free agent last season. Your left tackle that you brought in was overpriced, and your left guard was a, a, is a rookie. Um, and then you look at his receiving yards, 630 receiving yards, 630, 1100 plus 630 or, you know, 1,124, uh, 1100 plus 630. Um, you're looking, he's easily going to eclipse 2000 all purpose yards with with three games. And he got a lot of those. He's got 13 combined touchdowns as well. It's pretty good, but 5.4 yards carry, but he's not a quarterback. And okay. in this league, when was the last time you saw a running back carry a team to win a Super Bowl? I over a quarterback. O- over a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the, the classic example of running backs never won, you know, Barry Sanders. And, you know, it's just I, – I think you can open the discussion if, if they made the right move. They definitely took the best player in the draft, for sure. But is a good quarterback better than an elite running back? No, because – okay – Yes, but in, in, in this case, Eli can still do it. He can still do it. You know somebody would disagree with you. Oh, no, I, I, I'm sure he oh, would. No. Oh. <laughs> no, we're talking no. We're talking about our co-host, Kyle, no, Kyle not, not in the studio. Why are oh. the headphones all weird on me? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Kyle Russo. Um, Convenient, he's not here? <laughs> no, he, he's... Uh, the Giants defensively look good as well. You know, Janoris Jenkins is trying to establish, reestablish himself as an elite corner in this league. Uh, you know, and he knows he's here to stay now, most likely. But you know, with Collins out, he led the secondary in this game, guys. Curtis Riley has been great. His interception yes. was key. And Ogletree with the touchdown. I mean, he has been an excellent addition at linebacker. He's the best linebacker they've had since Antonio Pierce. He's formed into the guy that they 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 brought him over for. Yeah. You know, from the Rams that didn't want him anymore or whatever, um, to now is pretty much leading. I mean, he has the C on his chest, but yeah. leading that team. Um, you see he's now almost in every play. Um, I think once Collins went down, I think he realized, I got to step up. This is my team, my defense to lead. Um, I don't have my par- uh, partner in crime next to me. 
But if I can do at least half or almost yeah. as good as what Collins would do, I think he's sh- I think he shined mm-hmm. um, and showed potential of what he has for the rest of the season. And you talk about the Redskins in this game, just guys, nothing went right. I mean, Mark Sanchez looked horrible. Uh, you know, six of 14, 38 yards. Um, and then Josh Johnson comes in, a guy who hasn't started a game in seven years, who's going to be starting for them next week, by the way. Uh, but he looked pretty good. You know, you know, the Giants took a lot of their backups out. Uh, the one touchdown that they scored late should not have happened because we had a third-string safety in there. Who That was the first defensive snap that he saw all season. Yeah, wow. um, and he clearly got burned down the sideline. Which Collins would have made that play, shoved them out. But um, those two touchdowns came because you threw Loletta in. They couldn't move the ball, and then they took some of the d- defensive starters out. The Giants' defense, the starters, they pitched a perfect blowout, uh, shutout in this game. I mean, you get Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez. I, I still be this bad. Still, you know, a shutout is a shutout, I re- especially I think, on the road. Yeah, yeah the Sanchez. Just come on, look at Sanchez. Registered. Yeah, I thought it would have been a lot closer. With, without Odell, without your best defensive player, I mean, you, you, as you see, you don't need Odell to win games, right? And <laughs> you got to give credit. In my opinion, the the game balls are going to Sterling Shepard, Russell Shepard, Benny Fowler, Corey Coleman, and Evan Ingram. Yeah, especially after Shepard made those few blocks for he. Everybody loves blocking. Russell Shepard had a touchdown. Sterling Shepard had a touchdown. Benny Fowler had a touchdown. I mean, Corey Coleman, great on special teams, made a big catch in this game. Yeah. So you're saying the Giants are better without Odell Beckham, Tom? You know, you, you can't know rule it out. I think. It, it, wait, but back is that what, to but your it, point just a minute ago. But is that what you're saying? Back to your point. Just I'll answer that in a second. But <laughs> they were playing the Redskins. Yeah. The, I mean, the Redskins are okay defensively. They have Ha Quinn Dix. They have Josh Norman. I mean, that's Josh, it. Josh Norman didn't do anything. Yeah, but I mean, Sterling Shepard burned Josh good. Norman. Yeah, I, I mean that 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 pretty much says something. He's know? he's not the same corner he used to be no. down in oh, Carolina. Sure you had a question for me? Yeah. Do you think Odell? Do you think Giants are better without Odell? Do you think they should have traded him when they should have? They shouldn't have traded him, but I think there's a lot less pressure on Eli to get him the ball, where you can focus more on rebuilding this offense with Barkley. And, you know, you start to look at it. Barkley is obviously the future of this team. The question now comes into play, is Odell Beckham Jr. the future of this team? You know, I would like to say yes, but I think the Giants, it's definitely a question that you can ask. My answer to your question will be no, but it opens things up for other guys, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. When you have Odell Beckham Jr. in the game, those guys should be playing even better. But with Ingram, who's been dealing with an injury this season a lot, you know, when healthy, we saw it last year. You know, he's a top six, seven tight end in the league when healthy. Yeah. And you saw it last week. Evan Ingram ran by defenders. He outran cornerbacks, safeties. As, at the tight end position, who does that? He could easily be. But, but, he's but, so fast. But if Odell's in the game, then you would think, like, Shepard would, like, would get, would, would get right. the, the, the yeah. number three corner, or number two think, corner on him, and then, like, Elvin Ingram would be wide open. So I don't get why, why when Beckham's not in the game, the Giants – can do this, make the offense look easily, but when he's in the game, it just looks like the offense some kind of like clueless sometimes. I'm not exactly sure it's a fair judgment over one game. I see oh, yeah, look I what they I do know. against Tennessee this week and see. But I, I think that's because of the pressure of getting Odell the ball and you can't give it to – you can't balance out the offense the way you want it right. to. And also – Because if you don't throw to Odell, 
there's going to be, well, why didn't you throw it all down? He, he could catch it with his eyes closed. He could catch it with his toes, you know, for for whatever example. Yikes. But at the same time, you, you have to keep that offense balanced. We saw this weekend, we had to, we had to get, we saw every guy, position player on that field, at least get the touch the ball right. once or twice. Yeah. Um, they love blocking for Saquon. I mean, who wouldn't at this point? Um but I, I think um, when you get everybody involved, it takes pressure off your quarterback. It takes pressure off your O line. It takes pressure off of your top receiver. It takes pressure off of your um, running back because the defense is a complete clueless animal at that point. Be like, well, he went to Sterling Shepard this time and burnt us for fifty-seven. Who's he going back to? You know, yeah. it's not so predictable as when you have Odell. It's like, all right, almost every passing play may. 90% of the chances going to hit up Odell, and, yeah. in my opinion. And, and just running the ball in general just, just makes the Giants better because then you could do play action. And, you know, like what Saquon went 14 of 170. Yeah. Just rushing the ball. Imagine, like, and then they could, uh, and then teams like, oh, now we have to stack the box and run the ball. Then, okay, they do that, then you have one on one over the coverage and top. So, like, the Giants, like, right now are looking pretty nice, and who knows? They, maybe they have a shot at the playoffs here. Yeah. All right. So, look. Segway. Before we get to that, I'm going to say, partially to answer your question, too, Mark Sanchez set the Giants up in prime position to score. Not just with the turnovers, but the poor field position yeah. uh, where Eli was play action, Nate, uh, naked bootlegs all game. They were doing great. Well, because um, Sanchez doesn't have a playbook. There's big news. Yes, Odell will be out this week against Tennessee, but Cody Latimer will be back in Week 16. He was supposed to be the Giants' number three receiver heading into this season, but you start to think, is Latimer playing to stay on the team these last two weeks? Because now he has competition. You look at Corey Coleman, who's trying to establish himself as that number three, and then Russell Shepard, a great force on special teams, who's clearly their, their number four right now. So, you know, it's a fair question to ask. It is. Cody Latimer coming back? Um, we'll see. But, man... It's been a great week for the, you know, you even saw Eli and Barkley getting gifts for the offensive linemen. I mean, for what the offensive linemen have put those two guys through this year, you know, they've been yeah. angels. And to, to give the O-line gifts, I think it should be the other way around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, Bar- Barkley's a class that guy. For for the guy he oh, is. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. the announcer says, oh, he he runs up to the ref, hands him the ball. Meanwhile, other guys are throwing it at him, leaving it on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he doesn't celebrate for himself. He celebrates with his team. Yeah. He he would rather congratulate his offensive line to giving him that 78-yard run oh, than going and doing some dance and yeah. showing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, He's a class act guy that I think that organization is going to build around. He's more of a captain for than sure. Odell is. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. First he, in the league. He Agreed. could probably get that seat faster than Odell, to be honest Agreed for sure. Um, so, um, the Giants are now 5-8. and eight. Their playoff chances are not gone yet you know Odell's saying oh we want to play spoiler we want to do this we we want to do that James mm-hmm. do you think Vic DiBendetto's videos on Facebook live every week do you think the Giants players watch that and get and get a good laugh at it before they go into these games you know I, I really wish they would if I knew for a fact um to be honest, I think they should at some point during the season they, because yeah, he, they should watch these because videos, I mean you. he he does uh um, shred them at times, but at the same time, he does come up with good points. Right, you know, he does bark at the players that should be barked at, and he does congratulate and boost up the players that yeah. did well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he he's a hilarious guy. Yeah, of course. Um, his videos are funny. Um, but I, I think maybe they started to watch it and turn it around. Yeah. I don't know, but um, you know. And one last thing, before we get to the Tennessee game, when they traded snacks, the biggest concern was stopping the run, right? The biggest concern in this game. I mean, you knew the Redskins were going to give Adrian Peterson the rock. You knew Chris Thompson was going to get touches. AP, ten for sixteen. Why? Vernon was phenomenal in stopping the run, and so was Josh Morrow, who they picked up from Arizona in the offseason. Vernon had a one and a half sacks in this game. Morrow had one. So I loved it personally. Uh, so their run-stuffing defense has been great. But the playoff scenarios, we're going to read this off now. The most likely scenario for the Giants to make the playoffs, and this is going to be a little funny to hear, <laughs> um, but they are still not out of contention yet. This is what needs to happen. The Giants must win out these last three games against uh, Tennessee this weekend, the Colts on the road next week, and then Dallas at home. Tough tough games. The Panthers have to lose two more games. The Panthers have to play the Saints twice and Tampa Bay, which none of those three are guaranteed, especially with the way that they've been playing. And, you know, if you look at the facts here, Giants should have beat the Panthers. Well, yeah. Hasn't Carolina lost five in a row? Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I, they should have beat the, fact the they Panthers. they lose eight in a row. Maybe yeah, that would be. Oh they God. were, weren't they? They were. They were six and one. They were six and yeah. two. Was six? Oh, six what and are they? Two, six and two. Okay. They're six and seven now. Jeez, um, but yeah, gosh, they're, they're, that's they're, insane. They're, they're crap. The Eagles lose two more games. You know, Wentz with the news on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, breaking that bone in his back, um, fracturing his back. He he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So the Eagles should easily lose two more games. Well, you, you Nick, say I, that, but then you got Nick Foles. Nick Foles has been. You know, you, you do got your quarterback guy. winning Nick so, Foles. Right, but the Eagles, they the Eagles still have they have a terrible schedule, though. they got to play the Rams on Sunday, and then they got to play Houston. Yeah. And then they're on the road against Washington. So I think the Eagles are going to are gonna win one out of their last three. They're going to they're gonna lose to the Rams and the Texans. I say they win Washington. But the thing is, they're starting to get everyone back, too, and they're starting to play decent football again. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat the Rams, but... No. Can, can, dogs. Will the Eagles make the playoffs, though? No. No, I don't think so. Especially with that defense, what they have. Not, they have no corners left. Yeah. yeah. The defense is terrible. Yeah. I mean, they still have good, like, like Fletcher Cox is still great. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The problem is when you, you know, when receivers get open so quickly because you don't have cornerbacks. That's what happens. Yeah. I mean, they took Dallas to overtime, so, you know, that's, uh, but that's, that's always a good rival to watch. Anyway. Yeah, and you know when you're dinking and dunking a Zach Ertz all game, yeah, it's, yeah, he's the best player on their offense. Yep. He is. So they're they're going to lose to the Rams though on Sunday. So one of those two losses will be complete because the Rams are pissed. They just lost to the Bears. The Vikings need to lose two more games after losing to Seattle. They played on Sunday night, I think. Monday night. Monday, Monday night. Football. Yes, you are correct, Mike. Um, uh, the Vikings' remaining schedule, they got to play the Bears. Mm-hmm. A week 17, which the Bears have nothing to play for. This week, they are at home against the Dolphins. Interesting. Not a guaranteed win, but they should win. They should. They're on the road against Detroit in week 16. Probably a win. Uh, High-end divisional matchup. The Vikings beat the Lions at home back on November 4th, 24-9. And then they're at home against the Bears to close out the season. So With Chase Daniel, too. They beat him with Chase Daniel. I still think the Vikings are in the driver's seat as the number 6 seed, partially because all the other teams are just bad. I mean, you're looking the Giants, the Eagles, the Panthers. But you the know. Seahawks 
Are the Seahawks? Well, no, the Seahawks are the five. Oh, they're the five. We're, okay, we're, okay. We're, we're keeping them out of this equation because yep. we're basically yep. locking them in as the five. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the Packers need to lose one more game. And my thing is this: I think the Packers have a chance to win out. They can run the table. This is the time of the season where Rodgers gets hot, and we saw what they did to Atlanta without McCarthy. Yes, they were at Lambeau. That helped. Yeah, but they got to play the Jets. Yeah, tough, tough game. Tough game. You know, because they're gonna they're gonna lose to the Jets for sure. (laughs) Not crazy. The the first game they have, I think, is the Bears. Guys, the Packers only need to lose one more game, and they're on the road against the Bears on Sunday. They could easily lose that game. It's a big game for both teams. It is a big game for both teams. If the Packers win this game, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're in. Lock it in. Because then they're on the road against the Jets, and then they're at home against the Lions. So I mean, they, they look, should win those last two. They should. And if they beat the Bears, I think they're in. If they don't beat the Bears, they're out. Now, now if the Packers get in, do you uh, tough out in the playoffs, or do you think they're just a one-and-done, easy out? If they got to go into Soldier Field against the Bears, it's going to be a competitive game. It'll be a fun game to watch. It'll be man. a fun game to watch because then there there will be no guaranteed win wild card. Actually, uh, Seattle will will beat Dallas on wild card weekend. Yes, I don't know about that. Wait, one. Is Ooh, it, hold on, is Kyle it, Earhart. Is it in Dallas? Would you think it's in Dallas? Oh yeah, it yeah, would yeah, yeah. be in Dallas. That's why you get some yards over the division. Hold on, but here, hear, hear me out. So that's what needs to happen for the Giants to make it. Giants must win out. Panthers lose two. Vikings lose two. Eagles lose two. And the Packers lose one more game. Guys, it's not impossible. It's not likely, but it's not impossible. So just keep that in mind. This game against Tennessee, yes, Odell is out. But, you know, Marcus Mariota comes into town. And Derrick Henry, a phenomenal last couple of weeks, guys. Deion Lewis has been solid for them. Corey Davis has emerged into a great wide receiver. I think he was a rookie last year. You know, he's really had a great season you know um he he's already one of the better running backs uh wide receivers in this league excuse me out of western michigan remember he was the fifth overall pick last season he didn't play like the fifth overall pick last season no he was also hurt for a bit but still wasn't good right and you look at his stats right now guys he's got 88 oh, he's, excuse me he's got 54 catches 765 yards and four touchdowns so that's what you like to see out of a guy like that he's clearly their number one um, and he's played very well. So, let's pick this Giants game against the Titans. Um, look, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick the Giants. I'm going to pick the Giants because I think they're the better team. The Giants, 58% of people, according to NFL.com, are picking the Giants to win this game. So, look. My one concern is Corey Davis, because I don't know who's going to cover Corey Davis. If Jenkins locks him down or what's the case. I don't know if Collins is going to play on Sunday, but we know Odell is officially ruled out. Collins is probably going to be done for the rest of the year. I think the Giants are going to shut him down. I don't know what his deal is, but look, Music City Miracles here is the only thing that can keep Tennessee in winning this game on the road, because they need this game too. They're 7-6 and six in, the, in the AFC in a division that's crowded with the Colts. And they're and not the out of the wild card either. Yeah. They're like a game back. Yeah. No. So, and Collins just underwent successful shoulder surgery, so we know the Giants' two starting safeties for the rest of the year are Michael Thomas and Curtis Riley. Because the recovery period for Collins is going to be four to six months. So, you know, that's my problem. The Giants are not healthy, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick the Giants to win in this game by a final score of, with Odell Beckham out, I'm going to give us 20 points this week. We're going to beat Tennessee 20-17. to 17. Uh, James. 
Now I got a question for you first. Sure. Why don't you? Why? Why are you saying the Giants aren't uh, healthy enough? Like healthy enough, meaning because we're only really missing Collins and Beckham and Beckham, and Beckham but that's it. Two two players, and you've seen what the defense has done without Collins. My take behind it is this. I don't think because the the value of those two players, the, the, the value of those two players on offense and defense, because if Tennessee shuts Barkley down, then what do the Giants go to? You, it doesn't set up the play-action pass. The Giants' offense is established through the running game behind the offensive line. So not having Odell can potentially make the Giants one-dimensional in this game, which is a really bad thing. Um because then they're going to be checking down to Barkley all game because they won't be able to run with him. That'll be the only way they'll get to use him. Yeah. And then you'll be relying on Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard to get open against a Tennessee defense. That is not bad. And I think Tennessee is a good game-managing team. Marcus Mariota can run with the ball. He's mobile. It's not like Mark Sanchez where, you know, majority of this game last week, the Giants were playing against an immobile quarterback in Mark Sanchez. So, you know, obviously Sanchez is more mobile than Manning, but you guys get the point. Yeah. Um, that that's my take behind the Giants not being healthy enough, not because it's just two players hurt, but the value those two players bring to the table. Um, you can pick this game. Uh, so I will go with the Giants. 24-14. Okay. Kyle E. Giants win 31-14, and Barkley's going to have a field day because this – because this Tennessee defense, it's what second worst in rush yards allowed, mm-hmm. and Barkley's just gonna have a field day. And they had the most. They led like the most sacks. I like that stat. stat yeah, that, that's nice. I have no stats to prepare this, but I'll go. I'll go Tennessee winning, thirty-three twenty-eight. Giants fail to take the lead at the end of the game. By what a field goal? No, either interception. Not impossible to happen. So. This is going to be a good game. The Giants, remember, they opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Now they're under underdogs by one with Odell Beckham Jr. out. But the value of Aldrich Rosas this season late in the game, hitting that 57-yarder, he's been great. It's good. And Riley Dixon has been very underrated as well as a punter, you know, trading him from Denver. That's why the Giants did have a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. I mean, Dixon has been great. He's been such an upgrade over Brad Wing. And... You know, if he and he's a young guy too. He's a young guy out of Syracuse. Giants love their Syracuse guys. But speaking of which, this will segue into my team of the week pick. Since it's the top of the hour, we're gonna go ahead and pick team of the week. And guys, this is no shocker here. You guys know who I'm gonna go with. Do, we, do I even have to say it? Jets. Correct. No, I knew it. <laughs> the New York Football Giants are my team of the week. I mean, look, again, yeah, like I love the Giants. They're my team, but. When you beat a Washington team, you put up 40 points against, you know, not a bad defense. You know, I understand Washington was without their all-pro offensive guard in Brandon Scherf, who the Giants should have drafted three years ago. But (laughs) when you're without Scherf and the defense still gets pressure and then the Giants were able to take advantage of all the missed opportunities Washington had in that game and they took advantage, the Giants are my team of the week. All around the best game in the NFL last week. I mean, it, it, it was so lopsided. Regardless of the opponent that you're playing, you know it, you you can't control the opponent that you have. Forty points, the most in the in the league. I think they're that's the reason why they're my team of the week. Dawes. Um, my team of the week go in the NBA. 
I'm going to pick like the it. Sacramento Kings. The they put the hurtin. And he's wearing a shirt. He's wearing, a shirt. wearing very a shirt. Very faded, faded outfit. We have, yeah, a, so we have, a, we have so a trend going on. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're pretty good. They're fun to watch. And are they so fun? They're all like twenty-two yeah, year old kids. They're all fast. So anyway, they're five and one in their last six. They won two in a row. They just beat up the Timberwolves. I mean, they're a wagon. You know, watch out, twelve seed in the West. That's my team of the week. Does a twelve seed get you playoffs now? Or oh no? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Fun Kings fact, if they don't get the lottery first overall pick, they don't have a first-round pick. Thank you, Nick Stalkish trade. Still mad about that. Kyle Earhart, who is your team of the week? My team of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won eight in a row. Hottest, second, maybe the hottest team in hockey. Yeah, Best team in hockey. No doubt about it. Uh, maybe not the best team, but definitely the hottest team in hockey. Who's the best team in hockey? Capitals. No. Ovechkin just got back-to-back hat tricks. Good luck trying to stop that guy. I picked the Lightning to win Kasselowski. the um, Stanley Cup this year before the season started. We had a little poll at work going on. Pick the team that you want that you think will win the Stanley Cup. I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, yeah, they have a lot of former Rangers on their team. It's Stamkos and the old Rangers. That's that they, pretty much and that's why they don't win because they choke. Ooh, I mean, the Rangers are not a good franchise, but they are typically everyone thinks the Rangers are so good. They have like one relevant cup. It's so it's embarrassing when yep. you look at it. Yep. The Devils have three. Oh, you know that's triple. We've consistently made the playoffs for a while. That's fine. You can make all the playoffs all you want. Do you win a cup? I mean, Martin Brodeur is three. He's running out of space. I called him. All right, Jay's Montefusco. What about uh, your team of the week? I am going with the Dolphins over the over the Patriots. Um, cons- good, game. good pick too. Cons- much better than Kyle's. Sorry, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, considering that. Um, the Dolphins probably had no chance of winning that game against the Patriots. Um, Patriots went down south. I did call it Brady was going to have problems in the heat um, because he can't just play in warm weather. He loves yeah. his 10 below um, up in Massachusetts. I do think that putting Gronk in, that's Gronkowski, mm-hmm, um, was a big mistake. Yeah. Um, just because you want to put somebody He's a big guy. I understand that. He yeah. can knock somebody over. But I would rather have somebody with a little f- more speed and a little bit more awareness of that one position uh, to knock the guy out instead of do- seeing what we saw. Yeah, and how about just just don't put your most unathletic skill player in there. Yeah. I mean, he's the worst possible guy. <laughs> so to recap, everyone, great team of the week. Kyle, eight-game winning streak for the Lightning. Best team in the NHL right now. 10-3-1 on the road, too. That's, yep. that's very impressive. It's crazy. It's impressive James team. picking Miami. That crazy play at the end. Miami had an excellent game. They held New England. Brady, you know, that's how you get to him. You confuse him defensively with the packages. You pressure him, and Miami did the job. The Giants, the fashion that they won, 40-16. to 16. And Mike Dawes, you know, the kings are the kings. <laughs> they called the kings for a reason. Kings yeah. the kings. They've been uh, they've been. Part of my team. <laughs> pretty better this year and guys this just in um uh speaking of basketball since we're on it um trevor ariza was just traded to the washington wizards it's bound to happen that's what they've been saying so he will days. be joining john wall bradley beal dwight howard thoughts hmm. yeah Still the terrible. trade includes still uh, Ke- kelly Oubre, who will be going to the memphis Gri- grizzlies along with austin rivers so they get a raise at the expense of Austin Rivers. 
Um, and then the Grizzlies will, um, you know, those two. Grizzlies need a shooter. Yeah. So that's a good get. Kelly Oubre to the Memphis Grizzlies. And, oh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Austin Rivers and two Grizzlies role players to the Suns. So uh, Austin Rivers going to the Suns. Wow. Mm. Um, and I believe those two role players include Wayne Selden and Dylan Brooks. Of course. Household names. Yeah, Dylan Brooks was great. With I think he played for Oregon in college, that tournament a couple of years ago. So, But, yeah. Um, wow. Mix and match there. All right. So, Team of the Week is done. Let's get to the NFL. We're going to review and preview some of the big games from this past week. Guys, we got to start with last night's game. It was great. Great game. Was that better than the Chiefs-Rams? Yes. Yes. Because it showed defense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I think that the fact that they came out, they played really well, um, both teams. The Chargers struggled in the first half, but they still played well enough to keep themselves in the game. Phillip Rivers overcame the two interceptions not having Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, his two best weapons, and he was able to get other guys. It opened things up for Mike Williams. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, Antonio Gates had a big catch in that game. Um, now, Tom and James and Dawes, would you, would you have gone for two in that situation? Yes. Ten the game? There was people you talking about it at work. Um, there's a big, you, you guys know the saying, if, if you're at home, go for the tie. If you're on the road, go for two. My thing is this, that was the right move, despite how unsuccessful it's been this season, you know, with, with Vrabel and Panthers with Panthers. The Cam Newton. But with the when you're playing against Mahomes and the Chiefs on the road, that's your shot. Yeah. And it was wide open. Um, the Chargers really did not have anything to lose in that situation. Where I, I thought the Chiefs you'd be taking a risk, you're behind the home crowd, bring it to overtime and you know, the Chargers couldn't stop Pat Mahomes. Uh, at times in this game. So it's just one of those things where the Chargers were hot, they had the momentum, get it now, Yep. instead of settling for a tie and then bringing it to an extra session because, you know, it's 10-minute overtimes, both teams have to possess unless it's a touchdown. The Chiefs' defense, for the most part of that night, was playing well. I think Rivers got sacked five times in addition to the two picks. So Chris Jones. I think, great. yeah, Chris Jones has been great. Uh, tenth straight game with a sack, I'm pretty sure. I, uh, that's close to a record, but... Uh, I think it was the right move. And the Chargers won four in a row. Quietly won four in a row. Quietly. Yeah, also, they had no business being in, in a tie ball game. Like, they were down two scores at eight minutes left. So, you get in that situation. I say absolutely go for it. Yeah. And they had all the momentum. So, I think that, personally, I would have probably taken the field goal, tied it up, and then pushed the Chiefs. The extra point, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The extra point, push the Chiefs to their breaking point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you tough know, to argue against it when it like, worked so easily. Because they're yeah. tied for the division now. Even though yeah. if the Chargers did lose at this point of the season, you push them for another maybe five, yeah. six, seven minutes um, in overtime of playage time, and you're just wearing mm -hmm. these guys out further to maybe give, you, give yourself a shot later on. Well, the Chargers opened up the game with an interception. Right, you go down 14 nothing out of the gate on the road. That's tough to overcome, and... The Chargers with this win, not only are they 11-3, and but they clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2013. Mike nice. Dawes, we were freshmen in college. Wow. Where has the time gone? <laughs> so, I mean, there you have it. Can you um, imagine the Chargers being 13-3 and and being oh, a fifth the, seed? The fifth seed. Yeah, yeah and okay. now having a home playoff game? That's pretty nuts. Well, I've got to say, Good. give credit to the guys that stepped up in this game. 
Justin Jackson, Detrez Newsom, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Gates. Um, look, Desmond King on defense. Derwin James. Adrian Phillips, Derwin James, Casey Hayward. I mean, they have so many. Uh, I know Joey Bosa had a hot, uh, quiet game, but Melvin Ingram. He had a bad penalty, too, but yeah. Melvin and Ingram also, and Joey Bosa. Yeah, Ingram and Bosa were in the backfield in, like, every play in the second half. Yeah. It seemed like. So. Do you think the Chiefs found their new running back, though? Oh, yeah, that Damian Williams is... The Chiefs pretty well. never have a problem finding running backs. Even remember when Jamal Charles got hurt? Yeah. Where filled the void, and then that led to the emergence of Kareem Hunt. And before that, it went from uh, when Ware went down, it went to Charkandrick West, and then you found Kareem Hunt. Now, you know, it went back to Ware for a little bit, and now I think Damian Williams can potentially emerge as that guy. I mean, yeah, we can't get crazy over one game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it was very promising. Damian Williams had... He he was their leading receiver as well. He had he had more yards than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was quiet. Very quiet. They definitely shut him he down. He also had more yards than Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and he, Which he is notoriously yeah. bad versus Chargers. Tra- Travis Kelsey is the glue to this offense. Of he course. is the yeah. glue. As long as you have Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, this team will go far. And that defense. I mean, we said that, but they had assist. I know Patrick Mahomes didn't play last year. It was Alex Smith, but they had yeah. the last year. You know, like. That Andy Reid just Andy doesn't Reed. play good in the in the playoffs. He's just a different coach. Um, yeah, we've seen this song and dance so many times. Yeah. Regular yeah. season yeah. offensive dominance. It feels different. Let's see what happens come playoff time. Of course. With the Chiefs. Did you see that monster hit on Hill? It, uh, yeah. yeah, he made a nice catch. Oh, and he got, like, right back up. Yeah. My heart Shimmied stopped. it off. Yeah, I, I think he was shimming off. He was in pain. He, yeah. He was, oh, yeah, definitely he was. Like, was. I got to dance this off. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I can't <laughs> That's what happened there. <laughs> um, my friend at NBC, who's a diehard Chiefs fan, Paul Lombardi, uh, look, the Chiefs fans will even admit they're scared of going on the road in the playoffs. It's just the Andy Reid curse. The, the, the vibe just isn't positive. you got to get home field advantage. Look, I'm sorry. If you go into New England in an AFC championship game, you're going to lose. Yeah, You're likely going to play the Chargers in round two. Nobody is, nobody, is catching, nobody is catching the winner of the AFC West for the one seed. The winner of the AFC West is going to get the one. Plain and simple. Yeah. Just imagine going through San, uh, the L.A. Chargers, yeah, a crazy. team that a Which, terrible homes. Like the, this, the, the L.A. fans hate yeah. them. Speaking Wait, of, don't they have 53 fans? Probably at their home stadium. Oh yeah. wow! No, I, You're I thought bad. no, no. I read, I read that somewhere. Fans, they're fifty-three players, and they don't even play at a football stadium. They play in a um, soccer stadium. Look, wow, that's true. Stuff and what's up. crazy is that Philip Philip Rivers has like a seventy-something mile commute to work. I mean, this guy has like seven, eight kids. So you know, and oh, eight has, kids. I, I, he I, has nine. Nine now. Yes, you're right. I wonder how many. Of this, I wonder wife. how many. <laughs> no, that was a stat because he had his ninth kid, and then you could run an offense now. This, this is review, review, preview. If your wife's the center, yeah, I mean, this, the playmakers. Okay, oh, what a beast! Yeah, that was good. That was good. Keep that in mind. One hour, eighteen minutes into the show, <laughs> it's getting late here. Oh my! Oh, um, that was a good one. Regaining our composure here in WCWP. My point. My point, though, is that. Um, you know what I was saying? That commute. He has an 80 mile commute, 70 mile commute to work. You know, he's yeah. a very dedicated football player to this team. He didn't move from San Diego. You know, that's where he still lives. So, well, I mean, to move a family, if not. Speaking of San Diego, 
Stephen A. Smith had some uh, harsh words to say about, not harsh words, but good words to say wrong about the Chargers, words. but just the wrong words. Let's get to his comments. Um, he First of all, he didn't know Spencer Ware was out. You know, He thought Spencer Ware was going to have a great game, and Stephen A. Smith is usually on point. Yeah, you know, I mean, gets paid millions when you're dealing with Max Kellerman and you know that other guy. Uh, Teddy Bruschi was there. Yeah, Teddy Bruschi was there as well, and you could see both of their expressions when he was saying it. Um, he also brought up uh, the San Diego Chargers. He he called them San Diego. Uh, they're the Los Angeles Chargers. And then he says Hunter Henry will have a big game. Yeah, Hunter Henry was supposed to have a big season, but. Hunter Henry has not played in 15 weeks. Yeah, and the bad part of it is he said he likes what he's been seeing from Hunter Henry this year. That was the, the yikes part. That goes to tell you he's not doing his research. He's not. This is fundamentals in sports. I just couldn't believe it. Any sports show. We go on before the sports show and we prepare notes. We prepare a script. We go over all 32 NFL teams and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Come on. He yeah. gets paid millions to do that. Come on. He needs to be better. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, w- would you say the, sl- the slip-up with the name change? No. Can you let that slide? No. I mean, no? th- I mean, to be fair, Troy Aikman did it like three times last night. Yeah. All right, that is probably just a slip-up, but the rest of the stuff with Hunter Henry, yeah, th- that's yeah. all I mean. Spencer Ware, yeah. to say, hold on, we're just, getting, oh, we're, the big we're getting to oh. the best part. Oh, uh, Derek Johnson is going to have a huge game. Guys, Derek Johnson is on the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, he said he couldn't wait for the Henry Johnson matchup. Not getting it that night. I mean, that was just horrible. How on earth, as a professional sports broadcaster, do you assume that a great player like Derek Johnson is still on the Chiefs when he's one of the only leaders on the Oakland Raiders defense? We should get Stephen A. in the studio to question him. Yeah, yeah Stephen A., we know you're watching. Call him. <laughs> I, you know, and Max Kellerman can be a pain in the butt sometimes, but his his reactions, oh, my. And even Teddy Bruschi, too. They're they're just looking like... It's an all-time great clip. An all-time great clip. Uh, Guys, if you're listening or watching on Facebook Live, watch that. If you have any comments on it, you can call in about it. But, um, yeah. And for the Chiefs, guys, losing this game to the Chargers, they only beat the Ravens by three in overtime. So I don't know if that's a credit to the Ravens playing well with Lamar Jackson now as their starting quarterback. Or the Chiefs just struggling to find their own without Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, late in this game, you're starting to think about it. Kareem Hunt may have been missed on those last couple of drives where they could have managed the clock a little more, a little better. Um, when you have a rookie quarterback in Pat Mahomes, yeah, Hunt is only 23, 24, but... He's just he's electric. You missed him. Yeah. Yeah. You missed him late in this game. Andy Reid will never admit it, but if you have Kareem Hunt... You win this game. You win this game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would saying. say they score. They score more for sure. Just saying. All right. So, any final thoughts on that game? Does this change the AFC playoff picture, or do the Chiefs still get the one? Because I mean, I, I see the Chiefs winning out. To be honest, they have who left? They have uh, the Raiders, and they have. Yeah. yeah, I would say they probably win out. I don't know who they have next week, but I know the Raiders last week. I believe. The, the the Chiefs play the Seahawks on the road. Oh. Uh. Ooh. Ooh. And then they're at home against the Raiders. The Seahawks have won, what, four in a row? Five in a row? Something like They've that. In Seattle, too? They've been quietly good. I I don't know. I think if the Ch- Ch- Chargers went out, they might get it. That's a tough game for the Chiefs next week. Well, the Chiefs' remaining schedule, yes, they have the Seahawks and the Raiders. And, and Chargers. We're going to uh, pull up the Chargers right now. 
The Chargers have the Ravens at home. Tough game. And then on the road against Denver. Two tough That's games. That's a tough. You know, uh, because you Denver's fighting for playoffs. Yeah, you got to get the edge Kansas City there. But all right, they, so next game, the Browns over the Panthers. Um, the post Hugh Jackson era is officially in full swing. Uh, Baker Mayfield without Hugh Jackson, or the Browns without Hugh Jackson, have won three out of their last five. The Browns won three games in 40 with Hugh Jackson as the head coach. So they've done something in five games Hugh Jackson couldn't do in 40. So is it safe to say clearly the problem, or clearly the main contributor yes. to the problem? Yes. Hugh, yes. Hugh Jackson? So he wasn't the only problem there. Come on. I, I, I'd happen to agree. Um, look, Baker Mayfield is probably the best this season currently of you know the big four. I mean, uh, you want to throw Lamar Jackson as the fifth? That's fine, yeah, but he's 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 been the best. Yeah, no, right he's, now. he's yeah. been most consistent. Yeah, his ego is a little. Uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, there's parts of him that I do like. There's parts of him that I don't like. But you know, that comes with most NFL players. Uh, and Baker, his his attitude gives his team an edge for sure. You know, he's a very passionate player. He cares about the game. He cares about his team. And you know, he's trying to flip a franchise around. Um, and, you know, in a division that's kind of falling apart right now with, you know, the Ravens with the new quarterback, the Steelers losing two in a row, having to play New England this week, so that's probably three in a row. Mm, never count out the Steelers. The Steelers are, I'm, not, I'm not counting them out, but New, new England coming off a loss is very difficult to beat. Very difficult to beat off a loss. The, come on, Brady and Belichick. The chaos, no Le'Veon Bell. Isn't this a Sunday night game, too? This is a treat uh, for a Sunday night game. Oh, it's a four? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Sunday night. Oh, what's a Sunday night? How's that not a Sunday the Browns, night game? The, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, week 15, are not out of the playoff race. No. Can they do it? What's their scenarios? Kyle Russo, <laughs> are, are you home? Rams. Can you, uh, can you uh, drop us a tag? <laughs> yeah. um, what are their scenarios? So, obviously. Is it Sunday night, though? Obviously. Rams and Eagles. Eagles Sunday night, and then Panthers. They need to win out. Saints Monday night. But the Browns have their opportunities because tomorrow, tomorrow night, the Browns are on the road against Denver. Tough game, Tough but, game. A, but a winnable game. The next week, they're at home against the Bengals. Again, a winnable Hugh, game. Hugh Jackson, a winnable game. Then they're on the road against the Ravens. A tough game, but as I just said, a winnable game. So, you know, you start to think if the Browns win out, um, they need a bunch of teams to lose, though, aren't don't they? Not for the division. Oh, for the division. If you're looking at the division, look, the Browns are only two games behind the Steelers because they 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 tied one game. So it's just one of those things where, um, if we want to get into the logistics here, um, what the Browns need to happen is, um, we need the Ravens and Steelers to lose. Well, they face the Ravens, so they need Steelers to lose this week. Yeah, it's going to be hard to eliminate the Browns this week. Um, I think they're going to lose to Denver by, the by a nice number. Yeah. The, the problem is the AFC has the strength of schedule fever going on right now. You know, there's a lot of seven and six teams, and these elimination scenarios have that extensive strength of victory. So it's just hard. It's hard to judge right now. But um, the Browns will be eliminated this week with a loss. Or um, a Pittsburgh win, so because they did lose the other game to the Steelers, so it is, it is hard. But I don't think Pittsburgh is going to win this week. If the Browns win, they're still alive. So that's as much as we know about that. And you know, 
Baker in 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 this game. What did you guys see from Baker on Sunday? You know, against a, a good Carolina Panthers team that is very much in the playoff race. Baker's Baker, you know, he looks totally different after Hugh Jackson left. Yeah, and I I know this Panthers team's in the playoff race, but they they lost going to this game. They lost four in a row. This team looks helpless. I'm going to tell you, Baker looked a lot better than his counterpart, Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam did. Newton's looked different, too. He looks like he's injured or something. He's not playing like he usually does. It's like the MVP caliber he was last year. And now they have a new toy, not just the Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, David Joku, but Rashard Perriman. Ooh. Hey, he's fast. Two catches, <laughs> 81 yards. You know, small sample size, but something to keep in mind there. All right, so. UCF. Other games, uh, the Colts over the Texans, they end Houston's 10-game winning streak. You know, a little concerned about the Colts last week because a lot of people were saying, oh, they they, they lost the game they shouldn't have. Now they're not going to get in. But the Colts are still very much alive. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, I was going to say Denver. But, you know, Denver lost. They're under 500 now. It's really going to come down to the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, and um Ravens, if you think about it, and the Colts have a pretty good shot, realistically, to get in. Um, you know, with the way they performed, they have Andrew Luck. You can never count the Colts out with Andrew Luck. Um, I, I really, truly do think that the Colts have a shot at this this season, which is crazy because weren't they one in five? Yeah, you know, yeah, they were just losing they were games every week. Five at one point. It's it, it's it's insanity. Well, when you get Andrew Luck back, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and him not getting sacked, was it? For, for a decent amount of yeah, games. Yeah, he finally has protection now so, with Quint Nelson, Braden you know, those guys, they've been great. Um, I think reuniting everybody. This is the Texans' first loss since the New York Football Giants in Week 3. And they started 0-3. Wow. Texans are 9-4, Colts are 7-6. and six. Uh, What else? What else do we got? Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. First game without Mike McCarthy. They defeat the Atlanta Falcons, the dwindling Atlanta Falcons, 34-20 to at Lambeau Field. The Packers actually invited invited McCarthy back to speak to the team. Um, you know, great heartfelt story. Uh, this is very un Green Bay like to get rid of McCarthy at this point. But you know, the owner Murphy he had his plan, and McCarthy was not part of the future. And I guess he was not part of the immediate future, meaning the last four games of this season. Yeah, and leave it to Aaron Rodgers to completely blow out a team the week after the coach got fired that he doesn't like. And Aaron Jones had five straight rushing touchdowns. Has a touchdown in each of his last five games. Hmm. Devontae Adams showed up. Cobb had a touchdown as well. Uh, You know, you want to get Scantling and Jimmy Graham more involved, St. Brown. You know, Green Bay's got a lot of young receivers on this team. Uh, And the problem is their defense. Their defense. Clay, Clay Matthews had a really good game. He had a sack on Sunday. You know, he was eating up players in the backfield. You need more of that. Matthews is now the veteran of this team. Um, and, yeah, you have Blake Martinez at linebacker. He's solid, too, but it's really not a deep defense. It's very thin. Uh, they're fragile. They get hurt a lot. I just don't know um, what's in store for Green Bay for the re- re- for the re- remainder of the season. Uh they have a shot to get in, but they have to run the table as well. They have to run the table as well. I think they're five, seven, and one, like the Browns. Yeah, that's great. They have the same record as the Browns. That's pretty sad. In what world do the Packers have the same record of? Uh, apparently, this one. I guess but. Earth. Yeah. 
Yeah. Planet Earth. Planet Earth. And what world can you tie football, by the way? Planet how, Earth. How, 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 how ridiculous is that, that you can tie in a football game? It is pretty ridiculous. Needs to be a change. Um, Rodgers now has 368 pass attempts without an interception. He surpassed Tom Brady's NFL record, um, which is just incredible. We know Rodgers is clearly not the problem at 34 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, Rodgers has not been that successful in terms of winning championships. He's won one Super Bowl, which was a while ago. You know, this team is clearly not winning. So how do you see the back end of Rodgers' career panning out? Because right now, I don't see a Super Bowl coming to Green Bay anytime soon. If you just look at what's around them, there's nothing there. It's it, it's Rodgers, and then it's the Packers. Yeah. To be completely honest, and it's kind of sad. I think he'll have to be... Uh... It's kind of sad. I mean, I, I understand getting rid of McCarthy is the first part, but... I don't know. I think he'll be on the move. Because you you look, the Jets are obviously going to need a head coach. The Browns are going to need a head coach. But it's tough because whoever the new head coach is going to come in, you're obviously going to have Rodgers to deal with. And who wants to deal with that right now? Maybe uh, Bruce Arians? Quarterback whisperer? It's very possible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they definitely need to bring in an established guy because – if they, if they mess up his hire, then I think Rodgers is never going to win again. It's an important hire. Yeah. I think Rodgers eventually uh, gives Green Bay, like, you know, I think it's time to move on, like, separate their yeah. ways. I, I somewhat agree with that. Um, Miami, New England. The Pats on the road. Brady not very successful in Miami. The Dolphins have won five of their, of their last six home games against New England. And the Dolphins are still very much alive at seven and six for a wild card spot. And they still have a shot at the division, technically speaking, if New England lose out, which they won't. But um, Miami wins by one point on a excellent miracle last play. But before we get to that, let's just congratulate Brady, get it out of the way. Most touchdown passes in NFL history regular season and postseason, bravo. But, Dawes, you actually wrote a message on the script about the poor management by New England late in this game with Bill Belichick. Yeah, it was just a bad, you know, I love to jump on Bill Belichick for bad coaching decisions because they don't happen too often. But this was bad. I mean, (laughs) It was bad. I think I put on the sheet to put a guy with a a glass back on the field. Wow. I mean, and they were 70 yards away. Like, they weren't throwing it. Tannehill's not making it through the air for that. So, I mean, what is he thinking? I think this is a fireable offense. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, fire sure. Bill Belichick. Okay. Yeah, get him out of there. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Do you think this mistake also happened within the Super Bowl? Yeah. No, he definitely out. Like, he keeps out thinking himself, I think. Because, I mean, to bench Malcolm Butler because he was late or something for the Super Bowl, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's, a, little... a, that's a hard message to send. Do you think the Brady and Belichick era is on the decline faster than we think? I think it's been on the, cl- the decline for a few years, but, you know, they're going to keep winning, so I don't know if it'll ever, I don't know if it'll ever end. Yeah. This might go on forever. So, back to this play. Dawes has written down, Bill Belichick made a huge mistake by putting huge. a guy with a glass back and Rob Gronkowski at the goal line, and then the final play when the ball was 70 yards away, Bill with a rare coaching mistake, and it cost them. But an unbelievable lateral play from Miami. First of all, the pass to Kenny Stills. He pitches it to, De- to Devontae Parker, 
who runs towards the sideline, and then he finds Kenyon Drake out of nowhere, who he picked up a block out of nowhere, and then he won with a full head of steam towards the end zone. And then I'm sorry, but when Rob Gronkowski is the last gasp effort of bringing down Kenyon Drake in the corner, it's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, neither the McCordys were on the field either. There are safeties. The so. only player, there's three players that should not be out there before Kronkowski. It's Brady, the kicker, and the punter. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, then, then we're, we are including offensive linemen in that prediction, <laughs> guys. Definitely. Joe Thune, hope you're listening. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Pats, look, they're not in trouble. They have a shot at the, at the two. I don't see Houston or Pittsburgh getting the t- getting the two. The two's going to go to New England. They're going to have a two-three matchup. The Chargers are going to end up playing the Chiefs in the second round, whether if they're home or away. That's the one in the five. The AFC playoff picture. I mean, whoever's going to be the sixth seed, I don't know who it is. I think the only team that could potentially make some noise in the wild card round is Andrew Luck and the Colts. Yeah, because it's Andrew Luck. You know, looking at the other teams, Miami, ugh, loss. Baltimore, all right, they're better, but also lost. Number one defense in the league, right? Baltimore. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, but how how would they match up? Well, if they match up against Pittsburgh, you never know. That'd be interesting, but then again, Pittsburgh's playing so bad right yeah. now. Yeah, you, you know, know the what? Raiders. Bal- Baltimore might win this division. I mean, yeah. their their schedule's not easy, but it's really it's a race right now. The only teams that all right. The only, the only the only team that's virtually out of it is Cincinnati, but even Cleveland still has a shot. Crazy as it sounds. Well, because that does sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> folks, if you're just joining us now, we are now an hour and a half through the show, but we are going till midnight tonight, so we Ooh. still have 55 minutes left on the show. Special. That's why we are taking our time here. Uh, Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins lose to the Seattle Seahawks. A potential five-six matchup. Um, look. This this game, Kirk Cousins is zero and seven in his career on Monday Night Football. For the record, Yikes. he's four and twenty four against teams that are above five hundred. We had a poll on Instagram. Sixty two percent of our voters on our review and preview Instagram account picked the Seahawks to win this Monday Night Football game, and they did, and they blew him out twenty one to seven. Uh, well, they were winning twenty-one nothing. Minnesota scored yeah, a late garbage, garbage time, so yeah. they essentially blew him out. But uh, look, Russell Wilson looks good. I think now you include him in the Big Five, which includes Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rogers, Rogers, and, then and Wilson. Russell. Yeah, and great. I guess Rivers is the sixth. But you know, um, and so, uh, this year, you know, we all—I mean, I did—I counted the Seahawks out. I thought they'd win five games, and Russell Wilson. He just wins every single year. He does. He finds yeah. a way. You know, in a division, that includes the Rams. But, look, Russell Wilson, on paper-wise, did not have a great game through the air. Look, the Vikings' defense played well. Uh, Wilson was 10 of 20 just for 72 yards. How do you have 72 passing yards in this league and win a game by multiple possessions? Wilson did have the pick as well. How? The running game was there. Penny, 8 for 44. Mike Davis had a couple of good carries. Chris Carson had 90 yards and a score. Wilson on the ground had over 60 yards. This is how Seattle wins, with good defense and a good running game. And they're even that without Earl Thomas, too. Yeah. Which is the key part of their, well, was a key part of their safety. Did the Legion of Boom hold Seattle back? 
We're talking Sherman, Chancellor, Thomas, and obviously Bobby Wagner is the fourth. Wagner is really the only one that's still there now, healthy playing. I think Sherman. Sherman definitely held him back. Yeah, he was. He's not an elite as he once was. Yeah, that's the thing with corners in this league. Corners don't last. Like, oh, we thought Revis was good. He was good for a little bit. Josh, we all thought Josh Norman was shut down corner. Not anymore. We all thought Sherman was shut the lockdown corner. Not anymore. Tremaine Johnson. Nice career. Oh, Tremaine Johnson. And, uh, it, uh, well, a lot of people did think he was shut down corner. Well, they're not because the new corner, the, the cornerback from yeah. the, what Indianapolis now, the the rookie. Yeah, he's pretty good. Well, I forget his name. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. Probably went defensive rookie. Yeah, of the year. no corners, they don't last long. No, no. Well, they get beaten up every play, every snap, you know. So, but or, I I do agree with you, Tom. I think uh, that a few of them were holding them back just because. I mean, the Legion of Boom was very successful. For the Seahawks, it brought a lot of fans. It brought the Seahawks, I feel like, to 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 a higher level. But at the same time, I think it held them back to a certain standpoint. Well, I know the Colts. Yeah, I agree with you, James. On the Colts defense, Darius Leonard, the rookie linebacker, has been great. Uh, for you're talking about like Gethers or Kenny Moore or somebody. I think it was Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore. Yeah, he had a uh, he had a sack this week actually. Um, and Jabal Sheard has been great as well. Um, but last couple of games, we're going to review the the Saints beat the Bucks. Um, Saints win the South. Crickets. Um, look, I mean, come on. Yes. Come on. Runaway race. The playoffs right now, four of the 12 teams have been confirmed. The Saints, Rams, Chiefs, Chargers. So. <laughs> and not to mention the Chargers also have their first 10-plus win season since 2009. I don't know if you well, guys knew that. Another team that can't win in the playoffs, too. The yeah. Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Remember what happened in 2009. We'll see what happens this year, right? Sean Green. Sean Green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, don't forget about the Jacksonville-Tennessee game, the, the game that we haven't even written on the script, Derrick Henry with the 238 rushing yards. That happened on last Thursday night, actually. That was the Thursday night football game last week. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. We yeah. Here, so. yeah. Yeah, no, he, he had some game. Um, the Dallas-Eagles game. Um Actually, before we go to that, oh, don't forget the Vikings fired their offensive coordinator, uh, D. Filippo, who, who's yes. a potential head coaching candidate, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, to do that at this point in the season, they miss Pat Shermer, I will say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. The Dallas-Philly game, incredible. What a new environment, a new standpoint can do for you. Amari Cooper, 217 yards through the air, three touchdowns, both career highs in this game. This game went to overtime. Dallas now 8-5. and five. They're clear, clearly the top dogs in the East. They're going to win the division this week, I'm sure. Um, Carson Wentz had a great game, but now with the injury, he's probably likely done for the season. In what world does Dak Prescott complete 42 passes and throw for 450 yards? Planet Earth. <laughs> Thanks, James. You're welcome. But uh, the, the Cowboys land. Cowboys land, literally. The Jerry land, more like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you guys also that last play with the Eagles defender trying to swat it away or something. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. Play. I was at Bobby V's. Highly recommend, by the way, up in Stanford, Connecticut. That that that's a tough blow for any team. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, with uh, Amari Cooper, he's a special player. The Dabble, the Cowboys have, I feel like, finally found their Des Bryant replacement to a certain extent. Um, I mean, they have Zeke, which is always great yeah. to watch. So uh, to see Amari Cooper uh, and to get him out of the Raiders and see him 
proceed. I mean, a lot of people are like, why are they giving up a first-round pick for mm-hmm. him? And, yeah. uh, and now everybody's seeing why they gave up a first-round pick. Ezekiel Elliott had a great game, too. 200, almost 200 combined yards uh, through the air and on the ground. Uh, 12 catches for Zeke, too. Led, led led the team. This was I was actually watching the game with an Eagles fan at the bar. And, you know, Giants and Eagles fans actually got along over our <laughs> hatred for Dallas. You know, like we both can't stand Dallas. You know, I know we're not playing each other this week, but let's not root for Dallas to win this game. But the Eagles defensively, you know, Corey Graham is back healthy. That's a plus. He got a pick in this game, but the Eagles really in, in overtime. Dallas has had a clear edge. You know, you think if if Jake Elliott makes an extra point. Um, you know, a couple of turnovers that they had in this game, um, the lost fumble by Carson Wentz. Um, you know, you start to think this possibly could have been a different outcome. It really could have. Yeah. Um, and now you look, oh, Nick Foles is going to start. Which can, can you imagine being a Raiders fan and seeing Khalil Mack and then now Amari Cooper doing what he's doing for Dallas? Well, you know, the Raiders are in full rebuild mode. Obviously, yeah, but Amari Cooper did nothing beginning of the season. And then he goes to a new environment, and turns into like one of the best wide receivers of football. Kyle Earhart, I you were the that. smartest man on the show because you read my mind. We're going to get to the Oakland Raiders upsetting the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> right now. Who, Jeez. quite frankly, we both picked the Steelers as our yeah. lock last week. We're, we bombs. thought it was an easy we lock, are, right? We're a bunch of bums. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jesus, what's wrong with these? The Raiders won a football game. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's nothing. Oh, I thought I did something wrong. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of terrible teams won last week. Yeah. Niners, Jets, Raiders. Terrible. A lot of upsets that happened in yes. this league. How did the, Miami beat New England? The Niners, man. That's a the big win over Niners. the Denver Broncos who need Niners. wins. Yeah. Who need wins. Game. Let's talk about that game. Niner, George, George Kittle. George, George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. George Kittle is the most underrated tight end in the NFL. Nick Mullins. What a beast he's been, right? George Kittle is winning guys' fantasy football championships this season. He has the second most receiving yards by a tight end in a single game since 1970. Wow. I mean, that, that's, that's a while ago. That's a great compl- accomplishment, though. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco was up 20 to nothing at halftime. They actually didn't score in the second half. They were able to hang on. You know, Case Keenum was much better in the second half. When you Defensively, you held Phillip Lindsay to 30 yards, which is insane. And then Nick Mullins threw for over 300. Jeffrey Wilson, a guy who nobody knew before this very moment on the show, rushed for 90 yards for the 49ers. George Kittle, guys, seven catches, 210 yards, one touchdown. Wow. Most of those were in the first half. You're right. Yes. <laughs> now, do you think Nick Mullins has shown you something this year? Yeah, obviously, he's not going to be a starting quarterback. But yeah. do you think he could eh, maybe like a good – Second string quarterback. What do, say, you, what, what do you say? Backup yeah. for life. Back, gonna, I mean, he's had a, he's had a good, good year. A good yeah. a, a good backup and a guy who, at the very least, would deserve a chance somewhere else, like maybe Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's better than good trade else. bait. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good work. Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guy. We do a lot of that here on the show, <laughs> but um, man, yeah, you talk about the upsets. Look. The Boswell slipping on the last second field goal for the Steelers, uh, the tip touchdown in overtime, and then the last game we're going to review, the Bears over the Rams in OT. Trubisky back. The Bears defense, this is probably the closest thing to the 85 Bears that you know they may have seen in quite some time or since Erlacher was there uh, with Lance Briggs and those guys. Yep. And Tank Daniels, uh, they hold Gurley to 35 yards, and Jared Goff, hands down, is emerging into you know the future 
trio class of future quarterbacks, him, Wentz, and Mahomes. Yeah. Um, no touchdowns, four interceptions. The Rams did not score a touchdown all game. They held the Los Angeles Rams to six points after losing to the Giants by a lot. Chase Daniel. Not really. Bears. They went to overtime, they went to but they were losing by a lot. I'm but. pretty sure the coach was like, you lose to the Giants, like really? <laughs> you know, for for that for they the Bears' ca- caliber team. Not to mention, the, the Rams had to go out of their way to try to pull off some trick plays just to move the ball. Johnny Hecker on that fake punt, the seven-yard pass on that punt. You know, if you want to get into real logistics here, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen were the reason why the Bears won this game because Trubisky did not look good. He got picked off three times by the Rams' defense. So, And Khalil Mack with a forced fumble, that was big. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. Prince Amu Kamara with the pick. That secondary is so on. The whole defense. Uh, man. Top Ro- five defense. Roquan Smith on the linebacking core. Sherrick McManus. Prince Amu Kamara. One of the former Giant. Akeem Hicks on that line. Uh, They compare him to uh, William, the refrigerator, Perry. Danny Trevathan on the linebacking core. Khalil Mack, obviously. Bryce Callahan. Kyle Fuller. Eddie Goldman. Man, you you go up and down. Leonard Floyd. They have so many guys on this defense that are good. I really really think the Rams miss Cooper Cup a lot. It's starting to hit them yeah. now because yeah. he was their third guy yeah, along with good. Woods and Cooks. And, yeah, and, and they really miss him. And they don't have a good tight end, the Rams. Yep. No. You have Everett and Higby no. who are both okay. It's kind of yeah. like what you have in Tampa Bay with Howard and Brate. But it's one of those things where you look at it and it's, well, well this, is a, this is a problem. Yeah, I miss Cooper Cup. That may hold them back. Before we preview the NFL games, one last thing. Who's in more trouble in the AFC, New England or Pittsburgh? Or do we find out this weekend? I, know Ooh, I think it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh for sure. I think it's Pittsburgh for sure because yeah. the division is so much more competitive than New England. You know, you know New England's going to clinch the AFC's title at some point, most likely this week. But All right, so, yes, James. I do have a question for you guys. Sure. Um, over the past week, we, we've heard about all the missed flags, flags that meant nothing on plays. What do you guys feel about that? I think the officiating is terrible. I mean, every week they just do – do a horrible job. I mean, you saw it last night when Pope Rivers got his head taken off, helmet to helmet. I mean, clear as day. There's five officials standing right there and no yeah. call. But then they call a little hand touch for pass interference in the back of the end zone. It's it's bad. And then also in the game when he touched down, it clearly pushed off too. Well, yeah. who, who, no, he, who caught it, Williams? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Really, he clear, clearly pushed off the defender. Nothing was called. Yeah, no. then going back to last week, they missed a false start. I don't know how Mike Williams was that wide open on that two-point conversion. It's insane. Yeah, he was uh, awfully you, open. You think things would be changed with the officiating crew or officiation rules? No, just all the good referees are retiring. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. like Jerome Boger is the worst thing ever. He, so his crew always stinks. It, it is. I bad. cringe when I see him, and he's always reffing the Jets. Always. <laughs> <laughs> and always. shout out to Kyle Russo and James Montefusco. Why? You guys both went 2-0 last week for your locks and your upsets. Wow, so, Dawes didn't go 2-0? Good job, no, Kyle. Dawes, wow. went, Dawes picked the Eagles and the Chiefs. Kyle Earhart, you were the only 0-2. You picked the Steelers and the Ravens. I went Steelers-Browns. Two Steelers, tough Browns, losses. So I, I guess man. if that tells you anything, avoid avoid the AFC North because it's so unpredictable. Uh, Texans-Jets, we already talked about. Browns-Broncos. Denver has won 11 straight games versus Cleveland. Hint, hint. Yeah. Um, Cardinals, Falcons, 
Falcons have lost five straight games, the longest active in the NFL. Falcons are on the verge of getting a top-five pick, which is scary with Crazy. what they have on offense. With Devontae Freeman coming back next year. How are the Falcons a 10-point favorite? Yeah. How? Is Arizona that bad? Yeah. I know they're that bad, but so is Atlanta. Arizona's the worst team in football. Yeah, but Atlanta's just as bad. Well, you see, geez. Arizona's getting the number one pick right now. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Jeez, um, 10 point favorite. The oh Bucks God. on the road against the Ravens. So the number one pass, I don't know how Tampa Bay still has the number one passing offense, but they do against the number one scoring defense in the Ravens. Uh, the Lions and the Bills, snooze fest. <laughs> um, sorry. Oakland, <laughs> insulting, insulting the, the New York team. Oakland, Cincinnati as well. Neither of those teams are doing anything. Nope. Um, the Bears and the Packers at Soldier Field. That should be a fun game on Sunday. Um, looking forward to that. The Bears can clinch their first NFC North title since 2010 with the win. And you got Dallas and the Colts on the road. Now, this is going to be a good test because uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton for the Colts, Amari Cooper for... Better say the Raiders, but the Cowboys are first and second in receiving yards since Week 11. Since Week 11, they've been the two best wide receivers. Uh, Kyle E, so, send me a text uh, or what do you got there? So the uh, the deal that you announced uh, with Trevor Reza, yeah, it's a dead deal. It did not happen. Did not happen. Okay. So I thought it was important. Good, thank you. I love how you held up your phone like any of us were going to read that. that was <laughs> um, I, I'm just shocked because usually it uh, well, it was Woj. Originally, so yeah. Jacksonville hosting Washington, Minnesota hosting Miami. It should be a good game. Um, the Giants and the Titans. Titans are two and five on the road this season. Uh, that's part of the reason why I picked the Giants as well. Seahawks at San Francisco. Um, Wilson has so much success against the 49ers. New England at Pittsburgh. Steelers are three and eleven against the Patriots since 2001. That's including the playoffs. So keep that in mind when we're, we're making picks. Uh, the Eagles and the Rams, I like it. Rams and Eagles have not been good on defense this year. The Saints at the Panthers for Monday Night Football. Wow. All right, so with that being said, let's get to our lock and our upset. Um, obviously, last week, James, you were the only person here that went 2-0, so... You are first. All right. You had to record me saying that to you live in our Instagram video. Yes, you did. Live. Yes, I did. All right. So my little, I'll, I'll do upset first. Uh, actually, no. I'll do my lock. No, upset. I'll do upset. All right. All right. I couldn't decide. We got a decision there, James. Yeah, <laughs> we got a decision there, Tom. Uh, my um, upset is going to be the Redskins over the Jaguars. Wow. Um, my lock. Wait, actually, change that, change that, change that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, so decisive. I, I, I keep the 2-0 streak going. Turning into Dawes? No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, my upset's going to be Packers over the Bears. Ooh, I like it. And then my lock is going to be Vikings over, over Dolphins. Vikings are going to get back to their winning ways. Dawes. All right. I will take, as my lock, we'll take the Rams over the Eagles. That should be a 30-point win, at least. <laughs> Mark those words down. And right in there. I got between two teams here. I have, like, three teams that are going to hit, so I just want to know which one I want to flex on the most. 
I'm going to go with Oakland and Cincinnati. Pull out the win. Don't know why. The Bengals are the favorites. They stink. <laughs> um, Kyle E. I'm going to go with Indianapolis over Dallas. As much as I want Dallas to win. As but the lock, correct? Yes, as the lock. I yes. like that lock. And my upset... I'll go... Oof, I don't know. I'll go Miami over Minnesota. Ooh, that's what I was... Yeah, that was my second one. In Dallas. Because Miami, you know, who knows? Okay, so... I'm sorry. What did you have as your upset? I totally tuned out. Uh, Miami over Minnesota. Okay. Oh, so the opposite of James's lock. All right, my, yes. my, my lock is Seattle. Against the 49ers. It's, I mean... It's a good lock. Yeah. Yeah. And then my upset, you know, you know, I've thought about it. Part of me wants to pick Cleveland again, but I'm not going to pick them this week. Um, this might surprise some of you guys as normal, but I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals Oof. on the road against the Falcons, which is a death pick, but... The Falcons at home are normally good. The reason why I'm picking the Cardinals in this game, I think Atlanta has been so inconsistent offensively, and the fact that they got destroyed by a sub-500 team, Arizona has nothing to lose at this point. You know what I'm saying? And I think their defense can contend. So I wouldn't count the Cardinals out of this game. That's why I'm going to go with them. I mean, when you got a veteran, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, that's my upset. All right. Did so, uh, Kyle or Chris send you anything? Russo did not send me anything, no. Okay. No, he did not. Um, yeah, Man, that was a terrible upset. Can I switch that? <laughs> Good God. It's already written down on the paper. Yeah. All right. Well, James, I had James written down on the paper, too, when he switched. All right. Yeah, I'm the host of the show. I'm switching my upset. <laughs> oh. I'm switching my upset. I'm not sticking <laughs> with the Switch cardinal. your pick. That's so unprofessional. Wait, I hold on. I would James just switched. How many hold times on, have you switched your pick? How many I'm times not here for a history lesson, so <laughs> I would say zero. Really? No one quote me on that. Mm, really? No one Let's look at old scripts and see oh. how many cross out. On that note, Cleveland over Denver. No, I don't like no, I hate it. Denver by 30. I always say 30, and then I lose that. <laughs> so, we're going to step aside for a quick break, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk some basketball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Now back to Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. This is Review and Preview on MyWCWP.org. I am your host, Tom Scuvetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco. Shout out to all our Facebook Live watchers our listeners we do have a caller calling in so we will take him in just a moment reminder you can call in with your questions thoughts comments 516-299-2030 phone lines will close at 11:45 p.m eastern standard time for those of you on the west coast i do know we have a couple of listeners from the west coast so on that note uh we're going to talk some basketball mike um as you Get away from your Nuggets Thunder uh, video there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> caller, please state your name and where you are from. Tyler Cook, Huntington, New York. Hello, Tyler. Um, Hello. Great to have you calling in. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard you call in last week as well. Um, so yeah. 
you have some basketball you want to talk about, right? Yeah. So um, what is your question for us here on the show tonight? What about those Knicks uh, tonight? A big overtime upset over the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about um, the emergence of Emmanuel Moutier, uh, the yeah. injuries of uh, Frank Milkina, Mitchell Robinson, and just uh, further development for this team. Well, Moutier had 34 points tonight. He was really he he, he was he was great. Uh, Facebook Live, just so you know, the caller is Tyler Cook from Huntington, New York. He called in last week, and his question is: He wants to talk about the Knicks win tonight. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, his emergence, the injuries to Nidalekina and Mitchell Robinson, and the development of the young guys on the Knicks and the team itself. So, James, Kyle E. does. I mean, I mean, we all were watching the Knicks game live before the show. And Moutier has been great, and I think it's getting to the point where you could possibly consider, you know, maybe next year if you get a free agent that comes, that might push Moutier back. But I think for this season, he is your starting point guard, and he might be the starting point guard of the future. I know he started his career out in Denver, but I think a change of scenery is what was needed. Sometimes for young guys, it's a change of scenery, Kyle. So, I mean, Tyler, I'm sorry, I think... Moutier is here to stay for now. Uh, I, to be honest with you, last year I wasn't a fan when they got him in the deal because of you know the crowded backcourt. They were yep. trying to blossom Trey Burke a little bit. You know they went from four centers to four point guards. I wasn't a fan of it, but now in the long run, I'm opened up to it a little more. Um, and he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players on the team. To be completely honest, you know he has the ball late in games, and a guy of that caliber for David Fisdale, he loves him. He, he, he loves him, and he plays with Hardaway really well, uh, especially with a guy like Nidal Aquina out. Um, you know, he's trying to get his shot a little more. He's shooting a little better this season, but people forget. Nid- Nidal Aquina's a kid. Yeah. He's, what, 19, 20 years old? Yeah, 20. Nine, 20. Yeah. He's super young. Like, people got to realize this is a – he didn't even start over in France. You know, this is going to take a while for him. I like Robinson and Moutier right now a lot more than I do in the middle of and, and even Kevin Knox, 20 points tonight, and he played 42 minutes. And he's shooting better, too. Yeah. I like Kevin Knox a yeah. lot. Um, if yeah. you're looking, when Por- Porzingis comes back, ideally the starting five, I know Porzingis probably won't come back this season, but yeah, nah. next, Tyler, next season, if the Knicks, let's just say they don't get anybody big in the offseason, the starting five would be Moutier, Hardaway, Knox, Porzingis, and Cantor. Which that's I good mean, enough for playoffs, right? It's not Maybe. bad. Maybe the AC in the East. In the yeah. East, yeah. In the East, it's not bad because your big three, you know, right right now, if you had to assemble a big three out of that, it would be Porzingis, Cantor, and Hardaway. But if Knox develops and Moutier develops further, you may not have to go out and spend all this money. I mean, obviously, because your your bench, you got because Von Vonley, who currently starts for the Knicks on a good playoff team, I, I like. Him as a role player off the bench, kind of like what he was from Portland last yeah. season. Um, and then I like Hazonia. They need to keep him as a shooter. They they, they need shooters, kind of like what they had with McDermott last season, which is why I wasn't a fan of trading away Dougie. But you got Hazonia now. He can shoot the ball. And Robinson eventually. Robinson may take over uh, as the starter in a couple of years too. So we'll see. It's all it's all going to unfold. This season's a figure, and I love Alonzo Trier, by the way. 
I mean, I, I didn't think two I was going to be deal, a fit. Yeah. yeah, get earning a deal now. I miss Ron Baker, man. I already miss Ron Baker. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh yeah. Um, can I mention the? Did you guys see um the Joakim Noah tweet? Uh, yes. That he was. I'm too lit for New He said that he was oh. always too lit for New York. Someone that we spent four years, seventy-two million dollars on, was too busy partying as part of the unsuccess he had for the next. Yeah. The sad part. Is, the sad part is that didn't he grow up in New York? Like he should know yeah. the fan base of New yeah. of New York, where it's like, well. You know, if New York's too big of a show for you, then, uh, and you grew up here, it's kind of like mind boggling in my mind. It's like, you grew up here. You should yeah. know what each team expects from you as a player. But. Now, now, Tyler, you know how, like, the, you know, a couple weeks ago, the Knicks beat the Celtics? Now that the Celtics have won eight in a row, what do you think about the Celtics? Uh, well, you know, the Celtics are top powerhouse in the East. Kyrie is, uh, Looks like him, his old self. Um, Horford's battling some injuries, and uh, the biggest uh, Hayward just getting his confidence. Um, yeah. He missed the other day with the illness, but like, was uh, it tonight? He had like 19 points. Like, yeah. he's been totally inconsistent this year, but um, as the season goes on, he's he's been uh, doing better and better, and Gotham. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, he's part of the reason his development and further uh, growing from that injury. Part of the reason why they're on a seven-game winning streak right now. Um, I, I think they're definitely a team to look out for in the East because you know you have the Pacers and the Bucks and the Raptors and the Celtics. So you know you have a lot of teams. Like of that caliber in Boston is a scary team because you look at their bench and a lot of their bench players would start on other teams and you wonder why they were so struggling to start off the season. But um, back to your question about the Knicks, yeah, you know I, I'm I'm kind of sad about Trier getting his contract. Uh, I don't. Yes, he's earned. You don't it. think he deserves it? No, it's not that I don't think he deserves it, but not at the expense of Ron Baker. Um, because I, I think you need a lot of intellectual guys on your team that know the ins and outs of games yeah. that play hard and mm -hmm. not necessarily that Baker should be getting like a lot of minutes and that Baker should be playing like 20, 20 30 minutes a game that was not the case but, but the first game of the season Baker was the backup point guard Baker mm -hmm. played significant minutes in that game and Fisdale quoted this was the hardest thing the hardest one I've ever been a part of cutting Ron Baker was really rough I talked to him today he was fantastic he's Ron Baker he's a pro he totally understood where we were um then why do you do it? Like, I, I understand it's a business, but, I mean, you talk about this guy and how great he was. You made the decision. I don't understand, you know. And to be completely honest, I didn't know Ron Baker was cut before these guys just brought it up. And it kind of pisses me off right now talking about it. Cause no, yeah, he, uh, he, he had to make yeah. – sorry, yeah, he had to make a decision, and he knew he that like, he didn't want to cut ties with uh, the top – Drafted that they drafted last year, and you know they got trade. Burke has shown signs of flashes, yeah. but uh, I agree with uh, Baker. Uh, he has in the locker room. He's just a smart. Yeah. He's uh, uh, energetic guy. 
that brings uh, the Knicks back in games. I think he could strike a deal with a G League team and, you know, or even try his luck overseas and be one of the best players. Yep. Uh, because, yeah, the the NBA is not a fit for everybody, and we've seen it in the mm-hmm. past. Ron Baker is a, fa- a fantastic player. He's a good communicator. He plays hard, um, and he loved living in New York. He really did. I mean, I, th- I think he's still here at the moment, but I'm sure he's going to go back out west at some point to Kansas. I mean, it's sad. You know, it breaks my heart because – uh, his work ethic is because I played high school basketball and I kind of looked up to Ron Baker because he was at Wichita State. You know, he, he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't get a scholarship to Kansas. Um, that, you know, it just breaks my heart to see him go. But um, enough on Ron Baker because uh, he was actually nicknamed Ron Burgundy by Car- Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if you guys remember that. And you know, the best thing about Ron Baker, a four-year product, a four-year player, not one of these one and dones. You know, uh-huh. which. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'd rather have Ron Baker on my team than Frank Nittalakina. That's just me, but, um, you know, I think he was a better fit for the, for the Knicks than Frank. No, I agree, too. We'll see, we'll see over time. Um, Tyler, any final thoughts before we let you go here? Um, just uh, finalize, like, on the Knicks. Uh, I think that uh, Fisdale should continue to play Moutier, Vonley, more Moutier and Vonley, uh, more minutes because this year without Porzingis, Hardaway has been up and down. It establishes their confidence, kind yeah. of like the Celtics with Terry Rozier, um, Jalen Brown. They had to emerge and Jason Tatum as stars last year without Irving and Hayward. So it's almost a situation yeah. for the Knicks without um, Porzingis. Of course, they lost old. I can't even count on my hands how many close games this year. Right. If they had a consistent score like Porzingis, but all these young players will learn from it, um, and I think it will really further their development. And once Porzingis comes back, hopefully next year, you know these guys will come back better, better role players. You right. know, they're, yeah. they're learning. Well, Tyler, thank you very much for calling in, and we look forward to the next time you call in, and we hope you have a good rest of your night. James, Kyle, anything you want to say to Tyler before you let him go? Did you think the Knicks were going to lose tonight? I honestly did, but I continued to watch the game. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but they, they fought hard. Okay. All right, Tyler, take care. All right, take care. That was Tyler Cook of Huntington, New York, and his thoughts on the Knicks. Um, look, my, my thing is this. When you rally from 16 down and beat Charlotte, that's pretty darn impressive. Yep. Just saying. Um, I'm very dis- disappointed to see Ron Baker gone, but I, this opens up more opportunity for a guy like Luke Cornett, uh, 24 minutes off the bench. Um, Hit a couple he, big he threes. 13 points tonight. Yeah, he yeah. was 3 for 5 from down the arc. A guy who's 7-1, um, you know, with Mitchell Robinson only playing 7 minutes. Um, look, hopefully he can do some damage for this team out of Vanderbilt. You know, he was a really good college basketball player. That struck me hard on the, on, on, <laughs> on, on, on the show. Um, Brooklyn also won tonight. Spencer Dinwiddie getting his new contract. Um, Dinwiddie, I believe it was a three-year extension. Yes, three years, thirty-four million. Yeah, um, I have it written down somewhere. Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, it, it's um yeah three years, thirty-four million. And I he think he can opt had, out of the second year, Tom. Yeah, he had 27 points in 31 minutes off the bench tonight as the Nets beat the Wizards, 125-118. I don't know who's the better team in New York right now. I still think it's to be foreseen. But, um, 
man, he led the team in scoring. You know, it's a bunch of role players right now. You have Joe Harris, who had 19. He was good. Um, Kuriks, I have no clue how to pronounce his last name, but that uh, Eastern European guy that they drafted, um, I think he's just 20 years old. He uh, he played tonight, and he looked pretty solid with 15. And then Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, too. He's such a scat-type player. Really like him. Milwaukee somehow beats Cleveland on the road without – actually, I shouldn't say somehow because, <laughs> I mean, they were without Middleton and Brogdon, two of their best four players. Yeah. But Giannis mm-hmm. went off 14, uh, 44 and 14 in addition to seven assists. The Pacers upset the Sixers on the road. Thaddy Young against his former team, 26 points, 10 boards, double-double-like numbers. The Warriors lose to the Kawhilas Raptors at home by 20 last night. And do we think the Warriors are okay? I think they are because if this is the worst we're going to see them, then that's scary. Because Steve Steve Kerr has this team where they want to be, you know, Boogie and Green still both not playing. But, I mean, look, there was was, uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? debate about the possible Mount Rushmore outside the stadium, like statues. You know, They say Curry definitely gets one. Clay probably has to get one because yeah. of what he's done, and I guess you got to give one TV. to Durant if he stays. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Splash Brothers really started this thing, guys. They're the glue. They're, they're the glue to this. As good as Kevin Durant is, without them, there's no championship happening. And part of me tells me that Boogie may walk next year, Durant may walk next year and leave, and then you're back to what with you had at normal, and there's still a championship contending team without those guys. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of it too is um, when you have a wing scorer off the bench, which is something they were dearly missing last season. Jonas Yorepko your has been fantastic. It's great. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind Warriors winning the NBA championship. That's sad. You guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, the uh, only way I can see them not winning. As if somebody goes down, yeah, that's it. Even and then, maybe two people e- have to go. Well, yeah, if, even if, then, it's, oh. if, it, if it's Durant, still, and the yeah. Celtics are much improved. I don't know Toronto I just, with Leonard. I mean, that that's just me. But now, who's your MVP? It's season ended today. Who's your MVP right now? Is still Giannis. <sighs> yeah, you think so? Because the Bucks. I mean, the the, the Bucks are nineteen and nine. What were they? Forty four and thirty seven last year. Yeah. I mean, that's this is so much better than what they were last yeah. season. I mean, it's hard to not give it to LeBron at this time for what he's done. What about Clearly, Kawhi? Kawhi's done really well in Toronto. Yeah, but I just like Giannis. He's been a little hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I know Leonard is one of the best two-way players in the game, but, I, I, I again, I think the Greek freak is the best player in, 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 in the East, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Because he's been in the East for a while. He, he hits free throws for a big guy. He shoots the ball r- really well. Uh, James? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> not much. Um... <laughs> Caught me a little off guard there, <laughs> but it's all good. Not excellent work on my end, um, but I got to stay focused, you know. Um, but I, I do agree with you what you guys are saying. West Virginia's um, listening. That's great. Um, I I do agree what you guys are saying, um, but I for um, everybody going on wow. the Warriors and everything. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a big turnaround within that. Unfortunately, conference. yeah. Um, I mean, we, we all saw this coming sooner or later. Yeah, but you know, for um, sure. I, I think that this postseason will hopefully be more interesting than last. I 
completely agree. I hope the East the East should be interesting. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of interesting, uh, Pat Connaughton started for the Bucks tonight. Your guy. Yeah. He had. Uh, Your guy. He had six. He had six points. Uh, he has not nice. been, been playing great as of late, but I mean, I don't know. They're a deep team now because they just got George Hill, and then they signed Jason Smith, who's been a, a journeyman throughout his whole career. He's always a good guy to have at the end of your bench, and God forbid somebody goes down. Yeah. Um, Ilya Sova, the addition of him, he can get you double-digit points night in and night out. And I, I, Look, I still think DiVincenzo should have stayed at Villanova, yep. um, which we'll get to them in just a moment, but... In terms of the NBA, it's been an up-and-down week for the Knicks. You know, the 8-0 run gave up to the Cavs the other night, 30 seconds left in the game. But they come back and beat Charlotte tonight. Brooklyn winning tonight, which is great. And Dirk Nowitzki uh, officially kicks off his 21st NBA season. Six minutes played, two points, one rebound. Guys, is Dirk the GOAT? He's clearly the GOAT. He's, sure. he's a go to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we all agree Tom Brady's the goat. If anything, as much as we all don't uh, agree, Tom. I think Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki is my go to the NBA. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just love watching him play. Like, he, he he knows how to shoot. For, he, he really invented like the big man shooting. Yeah. Did deal. you see his first field goal attempt? Was a turnaround. Uh, Bay Bay yeah. 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 I love it. I practice that in my backyard a lot. You know, oh, that nice. those backyard basketball games. I always loved watching them play. Gotta love it. Love to see it. Yeah, um, I will say this though. I do think I'm not saying Cl- Cleveland will not make the playoffs this season, obviously, but I do think the addition of Matthew Dellavedova was good for them, which will make them a more attractive team at the deadline. Because right now you're looking at their starting five; it's not good. It's Rodney Hood, Colin Sexton, City Osman, Alec Burks, and Channing Fry. Ew. But they still found a way to beat the Knicks the other night. And you have Delhi off the bench, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, sure. Nance is probably their best big that they have on the roster right now. But uh, Clarkson, Nance, and Delavadova are three really solid bench players to have. So I just think that overall, when you have those guys, they're going to be great. Um, in terms of the NBA, uh, the Spurs are back on a four-game winning streak. The DeMar DeRozan effect, him going to San Antonio, he's been great and, you know, they're trying to get back on their feet in the West along with Houston. And you look right now, Sacramento down by 11 See that score, to the though? Warriors in the third quarter, 98-87. A lot insane. of points. Portland ahead of the Raptors right now, 91-89 at home. And then the Nuggets lead the Thunder, 75-71. to um, Celtics actually won their eighth straight tonight against Atlanta. I want to check the Celtics box score before we transition to college basketball quick here. Um, yeah, Hayward, 19 points. Love it. And Daniel Tice, too. Um, I, you know, I know Horford has been out with an injury, and I know Baines rolled his ankle, but Baines is back starting tonight. I think he's a very underrated bench player, big man in this league. But Daniel Tice being healthy, both those guys being healthy to create assurance for Al Horford and making their bench even deeper. Because right now, you look at this bench. It's Baines, it's Tice, it's Hayward, it's Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. Even though Smart is starting over Jalen Brown right now. So, which is kind of crazy. But it is what it is, right? Yeah. College basketball. Dun, dun, dun. The University of Pennsylvania defeats Villanova and storms the court. The number 17-ranked team in the nation loses after half their starting team fouls out. Crazy shots by Phil Booth. 
at the end of that game. Joel Lipsy is an excellent point guard for the Wildcats, but you got to think. If Phil Booth doesn't go down two years ago, they possibly could have won the national championship three years in a row if they got past Wisconsin in the round of 32 mm-hmm. when they were a one seed that year as well, yep. to be fair. And also, if DiVincenzo doesn't declare for the NBA draft, you got to think DiVincenzo is the best player on this team this season, yeah, despite how great Phil Agreed. Booth has been. Them two together on a team would be pretty amazing. UPenn was good. I mean, they hit shots. They hit their free throws. Wong was pretty cool to watch. And I I think I'm more lucky than anything, though. I mean, it helped that Villanova, half Villanova's starting five, like, felt out. That helps, helps yeah. a lot. And Jalipsy's a really fun guy to watch. But that last play of the game, Penn is up by three, I think, with, like, a second and a half to go in the game. They throw the inbound pass, and they throw it too far. Because Jay Wright and the Wildcats did the right thing. They face-guarded everybody and just hoped that the ball was thrown out too far, and that's what happened. And then the Wildcats got a shot. They just couldn't hit it. But Nova now has lost three games, which is kind of concerning. Yeah, very concerning. They have not been good this year. No, they really haven't. Um, I mean, Tennessee is currently ranked three in, in the nation, by and, the way. And Tennessee had a big win against Gonzaga. They did. Huge. They, Gonzaga, who beat Duke. Yes, who beat yeah. Duke. Let's go Duke, right? Yes, let's go Duke. Yeah, right. Now, Tom. <laughs> Duke is up to two. Tom, do you like what? Do you like seeing Nick Saban lose more or Mike Coach Coach K? Alabama. Alabama over I actually, to, to be completely honest with you, I used to like Duke a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. I was a big Kyle Singler, John Shire, Nol- that, that, Nolan Smith guy. That's when I started liking Duke. That's when I started liking Duke, too. I watched that game. You know, my cousin is a fan of Duke because they're from Delaware. But, you know, my, my thing is this. Duke should win it this season, but Kansas almost lost to Stanford. So mm-hmm. they're they're lucky to be undefeated right now, too, because they should have lost to Stanford. That game went to overtime. It was a couple Saturdays ago. Yeah, uh, the, it was the first day of December actually, and you know it's been crazy. Nevada's surprising people at ten and zero. Maybe not surprising, but they're doing pretty well. Michigan, Michigan, ten and zero. And guys, I know we just talked about Villanova, but to backtrack to them for a second, they got to play against Kansas. Their next game, who's ranked number one in the, in the nation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Villanova's been bad, but yeah. I think Villanova has potential upset over Kansas on the road because they have the guys to do it. They have the coach That's to true. do it. But Kansas is really tough to beat at home. Talk Jayhawk. Let's talk about Buffalo being ranked 14th in the nation. Uh, they've been incredible. They really have. They upset. They they won in their first round matchup last year. Uh, I forget who they beat in the first round. I'm not sure if Kyle E knows, but uh, they beat. I think it was a 5-12 upset for them, or a 4-13, one or the other. Um, for some reason, Iowa State rings a bell, but I, I might be wrong there. But. They've been really impressive. And they're they're led by veterans and they shoot the ball well. And and they even have like a decent win this year. They like they beat West Virginia, who's top fifteen right now. So I mean I know they're they don't really play anyone this year. Is West Virginia actually in the top fifteen? Yes. I don't, I don't yeah. Really. Yeah, they are. West Virginia. So, sorry, James. No, but, uh, that's a fine. Yeah, West Virginia's the thirteenth, and then they still have games against Syracuse and Marquette. So. Like, I mean, they don't play, like, that easy of a schedule. Wait, no, they're ranked 16th. And what ranking is West Virginia? What West Virginia is not ranked, guys. I, in college basketball? Yes, in they are. In college basketball? I, I have it right here, though. Yes. 16th. That's football, James. Did you see? What? Yikes. It says here. Wow. Okay. Or at least when they played them, it says 13, West Virginia. That's what it says here. Coach Bob Huggins' team. Where's but they still have games against Syracuse, who's always good. Syracuse is always good every year. And then they have Marquette, who's Beheim. okay, too. Never forget his son's name being spelt wrong. Yeah, that's funny. So um, 
this this Buffalo team is fun to watch. I mean, you know, New York team. Yeah. You know. They are fun to watch, but I, I'm I'm going to uh, confirm this to you guys right now. The West Virginia basketball team is not ranked. What's their record? Um, they they've lost three games. I know that because I I saw them at the Garden last week, and then they lost to Florida. And I know Florida isn't ranked either. So the, they were ranked at the time because they, because this says thirteen at the time. Buffalo wasn't ranked when they played them. They might have been okay. Yep, I'll right. take it. I'll take it for you on that. Um, but yeah. So also other news in college basketball: Notre, Notre Dame freshman guard Robbie Carmody out for the year, season-ending shoulder surgery on his torn labrum, and then the first recorded recruit with autism gets a Division One. NCAA basketball scholarship to Kent State. Bravo. They actually had an interview with him on ESPN earlier this week. That's great. You know, you like to see stories like that because regardless of what your disability may be, never give up on your dream. Anybody with a disability can do anything that they want if you set yourself out for it, you know? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, You know, and let's face it. That's just great news. Very happy for him. Re- re- really tall kid, though. Um, but, yeah, very happy about that. Um, we'll talk more about college basketball when we get towards the end of football season. But we have six minutes left on the show, so let's talk about it. I think you guys know where I'm headed with this. Is it the New York Metropolitan? The New York Metropolitan sign. Jairus Familia. Oof. Three whoa, years, whoa. $30 million That's a bad thing? To be a setup man, guys. Jerus Familia gave half the fans a heart attack. Um, oh, the, the, I mean, the every, every reliever does. Listen, Familia did it like no other, though. But, he, but he did it like every time. he came into the game, you knew he was loading the bases with nobody out, and then the Mets would still find a way to win, or he yeah, would just blow I mean, the lead. No closer, co- except for Edwin Diaz, comes in there and gets all three outs immediately. Except for again, Edwin Diaz, or, who was on the Mets. Craig Kimbrell, for the most part, until he gets to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, and, and, and the guy two years ago, sorry, James, no, but the guy two years ago had fifty-one saves for the Mets when they went I to the. I, I love this reason, yeah, honestly. Like I, yeah, Kyle Russo was slamming the other day too, and he didn't like it either. Here, here's why you need a lefty in the bullpen. You don't have a lefty in the bullpen. Yeah, but you also, yeah, but you also need a right setup man. But hold on. Don't you think Giselleman earned his role as a setup man? No, I don't think familiar. so. Okay. Well, so you so you have familiar and Giselleman. Yeah. So and I'm sure they're going to get... I prefer Miller and Giselman because you need a lefty. That's uh, Miller, the problem. Miller's old. I don't old. Miller because he, he says he wants a four-year deal. So imagine what? He, Billy Wagner was I'm old not, when we I'm got him. I'm not signing Andrew Miller four-year, $60 million. How old, is, how old is Miller? 36? 34. He's, he's 34. He's, or 34. Okay, That's 34. crazy. And Familia is 29. Huh. I, I would sign Miller for two to three, maybe pushing it, but four, I can't do that because he's already injury-prone. I just... Don't See, that, I don't hate no. the move. I just don't like it. I, 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 yeah. I just there's a bad history. Maybe in a lesser role, it'll be better. Would you rather have Joe Kelly? Because you know he's fresh. But that's I think not what I'm saying. Joe Kelly. Is it too much that's money, Tom, or too many years? He's not, not worth three years, thirty million. If you get him yeah, for a one or two year deal, fine. Make him earn it. Don't just give yeah, him the money because he's, he's gonna mess up again. No. He he missed like seventy games last year. But, or the year before, whatever year it was. Yeah, I think, but that was for suspension. These guys off the field. I mean, you bring in him, Robinson Cano. These guys have off the field issues. Yeah, but they're can, talented. Can they so. clean it up? The, the I, Mets are I hoping don't they can. always value talent. Yeah, but these billion dollar franchises do. So that's just how it is. <laughs> I think I, mean, I love this familiar resigning. So do I. It so was I. a great. smart idea um, because I mean to put him in a setup 
position. Oh, he's not sniffing the clo- if he closes yeah. games, something it, went terribly wrong. If he wrong. closes games, we're all having heart attacks. Again. That means the Edwin Diaz yeah. just blew up but, or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that for the amount of money and the amount of years he's there for, I'm a little concerned because it's like three years, thirty million. If if That's we got him on, bad. if we got him on three years with less money, I'd be happy. But I feel like we we get we gave a little bit too much money to him where we could have used Let's it somewhere it. else. They took Familia probably because they you know either Miller wanted more money that they weren't able to give him, or they haven't looked at Miller much yet. Well, and I, then I Familia think was the Miller. easy way in. I think they might still be on. Of course, I, I Miller think, as well because if yeah. they if, if they get Miller, then that's, the that's bullpen, a great bullpen. It, it's Stacked, I stacked. guess you could say, is right? Blevins restricted or unrestricted? He's, he's I don't a free agent. Yeah, he's, he was so bad last year, he I can't come back. Him. Well, here's the problem. You know, they put Jerry Blevins in for failure. They set him up to fail. Oh, you can't you can't yeah. blame that all on him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he certainly wasn't good, though. The, the, the year before, best. he was very good. Was very that's good why best. I kind of had, yeah. like, a sentimental attachment to him, but now that's over. So. Now, now for the Mets, you go after a catcher now? I mean, you have to, right? you got to address the position. Okay, so I we definitely disagree yes. on this thing, which is excellent work because the last two minutes will be fun. Um, the Mets should I'd be content with signing uh, an upgrade over Darno instead of trading two of my young players for JT Rail Muto. I mean, I'm not happy with Grandal, but I'll take anything over Darno, but not JT Rail Muto if it's going to cost Noah Syndergaard. If if they could trade Nimmo and. They don't have no, what about uh, Jimenez? I mean, he's oh, like. I don't want to trade Jimenez. All right, he's like the okay. Elite prospect. So if you don't trade Jimenez, would you trade Rosario? I mean, you have Jimenez Rosario in the minors. Rosario and Nimmo. And you have Jimenez who's a shortstop, so yeah. you, you, you're gonna have to get rid of one of them from JT Real See, Muto. The, the only problem I have with that trade is who, who's your outfielders? How about AJ Pollock? AJ Pollock. I want AJ Pollock. So do I. I know he's gonna get hurt in they April, can get but I want him. Pollock for cheap too. I feel like like cheaper yeah. than what they got Familia because of the way he ended last season. Yeah. It wasn't great, and his value is lower than what it really is right now. So, so then a bidding war would be bad. So then because he he would start in center field. Oh, yeah, no, it was. oh, opening day. So then do you go after Cleaner. Pollock first, and then go to after uh, your catcher? And I think what the Mets will do. I think they'll get Grandal. I mean, I agree. Uh, is it is it bad? No. Is it good? No. It's like a it's like, it's in the middle. Yeah. It's it, it's just upgrade over Darno. I just they, they can't have Darno. He's he's bad at everything. Yeah. Anything over Darno is an upgrade. Yeah, like I'll take the combination of Grandal and Plowecki because Plowecki, you know, he's a fine backup. I yeah. think. No, but Darno, Grandal oh. has had over a hundred and five hits in each of the last two seasons for a catcher. You know, he hits about two forty, two fifty for a catcher, which isn't bad. But he's, he's got pop though, which is he does have some pop. And he's played for a couple of big teams in the West. But, yep. guys, uh, we've talked about the Mets and, you know, what they might do. We'll talk more about them at a later date as we are currently not in baseball season. But <laughs> we'd like to thank you all for a great show tonight. Quick announcement. Next week will be ugly Christmas sweater night here on Review and Preview. So, remember, bring your ugly Christmas sweaters. And we look forward to having Kyle Russo back next week. And maybe we'll have Chris back one of these weeks coming up. On that note, on behalf of Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco, and Mike Dawes, I'm Tom Scavetta. You've been listening to Review and Preview on our special two-and-a-half-hour edition of the show here on WCWP Sports and mywcwp.org. Good night, everyone. Thanks.